Look at that. We got a Cleveland Motor Podcast. Look at that deliciousness. And then yet again, another Hanukkah miracle. Nice out. (laughs) We have not run out of Natter Days yet. (laughs) Cam's got a Natter Day. I got a Natter Day. It's like the fish and the loaves. It is fishes and loaves, man. Wait, wait, who's that guy over there? I don't know. That's a weird guy over there. I know who he is. Oh, wait, wait. We do have a a surprise for Cam. Uh, It's been waiting for him. It's been waiting for him. For what, about a month now? I think a month. Oh my god, that is such a cool hat. It's a really cool hat. It's going to go really well with my pit vipers. I thought thought you'd like that hat. It's a really bitching hat. It is a cool hat, though. I love the logo on it. It's a cool hat. I'm actually going to wear this. I fucking love that hat. I I do. 50 years of hanging left. That's badass. It's pretty cool. It's a really fucking cool hat. I do have a Harley thing I'd like to talk about today if we have time. And we can do that. Actually, we probably have a couple of Harley things to talk about, so that's nothing wrong with that. That's important. Ported from Portland, yeah, and that really is uh, that is truly an import. So rock on for us. Thank you. Uh, really cool. For, yeah, and again, we saw all that stuff, and we and John and I had a, we're having a great time anyway. But it didn't hurt that we saw that stuff, and I was like, we got to steal an extra one of those for camp. Swag bag. Yeah, definitely swag bag. And uh, you guys I, rule. Thank you. There's a patch too. There's a patch and sticker that go with mm. it. I think that are over in the same area. We'll get that to you later. Um, Thanks. Yeah, so and it's like for your Patreon contribution, and right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, here we are at Cleveland Moto Podcast two sixty nine. Nice two six nine. That's fun. That's cool. Nothing two wrong to with beam that. Up. Yep, that's it. Double sixty nine. <laughs> so that's Perfect. you know you and three your best friends. Uh, to my immediate left is Dan Kropke and his Cam Vanderhorst and Johnny Mack and Nick Devito and Steve Hoffert and Steve Sleepy. And your humble narrator, Phil Waters, and that is the first time ever we've been through the lineup in less than 40 minutes. I was going to yeah. say, it's, yeah. a it's a record. It's a record. All right, we can end it. All right, on to content. It's like, how fucking long have I been? Everything's been gone. Everything's different now. It's, well, we fixed the board. Well, you know, it's it's it gets cluttered with fun stuff, but yeah, it was cool. Kromke, what did you bring for us tonight? I brought uh, two bottles of bourbon. Yeah, he did. Noah's Mill and Johnny Drum and two bottles of Slivovitz. Hey, Slivovitz. <laughs> now, wait a second. I did notice there's a difference between the bottles of Slivovitz or Slivovitz. What's the difference? One's, the, one is smooth the and the other one's colored one is lumpy. made in the Republic of Yugoslavia. Oh, my. It's a kind of old bottle. I like how the fact on the front of the bottle it says years Eight years old. However, due to <laughs> world history, we know that's at least twenty-eight years old, right? Based on the Republic of Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia. All right, and then what about the ones that's ribbed for her pleasure? Czech Republic. Uh, Czech Republic. Yelenek Slivovitz. Mm-hmm. How old's that one? This one. Ten well, years old. Sometime yeah, after the uh, Czechoslovakia. I was going to say <laughs> this is this is truly what we're doing is we're doing former Warsaw Pact liquors for a thousand. Look at the Alex. difference in color too. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. great radio, it? isn't that? Yeah. That was <laughs> gold, so maybe that was... It is, their more, it is their more unfiltered, or I'm sure it's their more... The, the eight-year looks age. like, uh, looks kind of like, uh, okay, so I'll put it this way. The eight-year bottle looks like uh, day one of um, yep. Vintage Day's Piss. Yes, it does. Oh. And that looks like day three of yes. Middle exactly. Ohio Vintage Day's Piss. Day one is fresh brake fluid. Day, that one is uh, change of brake fluid. <laughs> so, or fresh that's motor those oil. Two. Right, that's it. And that one is... Oh, this uh, one is 10 years old. That's 10 years old yeah. when it was 
put yeah. in the bottle. Yeah. I assure you, <laughs> it's a lot older than that. <clears throat> Speaking of piss, Phil, yeah. glad to be back, number one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you were in the military, did they have the little charts above the, the urinals yep. in the bathroom that told you? Color check. And it was the color check, yep. and if it was like black or red, it said, like, see a doctor? It was definitely. There, was a, there, was a, there were a couple of colors on the spectrum that did tell you, <clears throat> go see sick call. Yeah, I, and I feel, I feel like I shouldn't need to be told to go see a doctor if my piss is coming out in black or red. I would like to remind people that the military is all about what we like to call the lowest common denominator 18-year-old. Okay. And the lowest common denominator 18-year-old may not even be aware where his pee comes out. <laughs> He's just been peeing his pants since the day he was born. Has no idea how his pants got so wet. And, I mean, the military does have instructions on the toilet paper in MREs. And now I'm going to tell you, there. why do you need to have instructions? And why is it blue? I'm still trying to figure that out. Have you, it's, it's have you ever paper? seen uh, yeah. the the class in Japan on YouTube of the lady teaching the kids how to wipe their yep. butts with the balloons? With the balloons, yep, absolutely. <laughs> I I have seen that video. So, uh, big news. I spent uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday out in the West Coast, Santa Cruz area, Scotts Valley. Uh, if you don't listen to the Misfits podcast. You will want to listen to this one. So the one that's currently right now. So the Misfits episode that's happening right this very minute, you're going to want to listen to it. I had planned on sneaking up on Liza. That was my best plan, sneak up on Liza. (laughs) Didn't tell him I was coming out, no big deal. My friend Brad from HVC Cycle out in Nebraska, world's greatest two-stroke tuners, by the way. They are the man. If you have a RD350, I'm going to honestly say, if you've ever bought an RV350 exhaust, RD350 exhaust, you probably did buy it from Brad. Whether or not you knew you were buying it from him, he makes them. So he was building exhaust for a long time. But he's the man. And so just like on one of those random little Facebook things, it was just like, oh, I'm getting on an airplane. And he was like, oh, are you going to zero training kind of deal? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to zero training. Well, that was enough. I made the mistake of just commenting back to a friend of mine that, yeah, I was going to be in the same place he was. And Apparently, the word fucking got out, and my idea of surprising the misfits went to shit. So by the time I was on the ground in California, everybody fucking knew I was there, so there goes that surprise. So um, Bagel picked me up in his Fiat 500, which is an electric Fiat 500. You can get those in California. You can, and well, you could have seven years ago, right? Oh, right. So uh, they're all orange. You have your choice of orange and white or white and orange, I think. And they're only, they're, they're only citizens of California. They, they are not... They didn't sell them outside of California. It was California. I saw thing one for only. the first time just a few weeks ago. Oh, really? Ohio, yeah. Wow! Holy Which, shit! I don't know how it got here on eighty miles of range, but well, that's there's <laughs> one on there's one on Adventure Rider right yeah. now. The guy wants it was a for truck. a fleet vehicle, yeah. mm-hmm. and then it never got used. Wow! So it has thirty seven miles, and he wants like six grand for it or sixty five hundred bucks. Well, when these things came off a of lease, they gave the owners the option of buying them, and then a very short while after that. It came clear that through Fiat North America, people they, people were able to buy these things for short money, five, six grand, yep. for what would be a very expensive electric car. But you nailed it when you said 80 miles of range, and that would be when they were new. Yep. And Bagels is seven years old. Mm. So the San Jose airport is not exactly a stone's throw from Santa Cruz. So Bagel picked me up, 
And we're driving back from the San Jose airport to Santa Cruz, and Bagel is right, you know, driving like a true Californian, like right up on people's ass, then dives to the left, makes his move, boom, slots back in like a little slot car, having a great time like you should in an electric Fiat. It's California. The space will be there when you need it. Yep. It was amazing. It was great. We had a good time. And the whole time we're driving back, we're chatting about politics and bikes and all this other cool shit. You'd, You'd be none the wiser. At one point, though, it was kind of weird. Bagel kind of reached over. The little buttons are in the middle of the console. And he reached over and he rolled my window up. I was like, I, w- I was using that. Yeah. <laughs> it's my fucking window, pal. And uh, you don't have to roll my window up for me. I'm not cold. Uh, but it turns out having the windows down in an electric car, yeah, that's like having a fucking parachute. <laughs> and uh, so we pulled up in front of Liza's house. No shit. One percent. One fucking percent. Uh, that is true. I mean, that's, you don't want to push any car, let alone an electric car. And do you push hard enough to try to charge it back up again so the guy in front can finally hit the you know accelerator and you can go somewhere? Or do you just push and just be embarrassed you're pushing an electric car? But after seven years, don't you think that he would know like exactly what that 1% Clearly he thinking? fucking does. Yeah, right. I mean, it might, the 1% on the battery, it might be like the... the it might be like when you're on E. Yeah, well, you get that again, extra few. And you, get, yeah, and and you still got 40 when it miles. zero, it actually shuts off? The point, the point being, I looked over and he wasn't sweating. He wasn't freaking out. He but wasn't anxious. he did anxious. roll a window. He did roll a window <laughs> up. So I'm like, either he's the bravest guy in the world or he's got the best poker face in the fucking world. Because he pulled it off and I, I was none the they wiser until he got there. don't have any battery packs that you can replace in that car at this point? I, I, all I yeah, know, right. you piss with the dick you got, man. That's what I got. Price you know, yes, $5,000. You yeah, piss right. with the dick you got. And that's the dick he got, and it brought us all yeah, the way back point. to uh, Santa Cruz, so we, we rocked on. Here's an interesting thing, though. When I pulled up in the driveway, not one, not two, but I think 13 electric motorcycles. Wow. wow. Oh, I saw that picture. of them. So what are you curious about? What do you want to know about? They were there. All of them were there. But Brandon Nozaki Miller was there. So he's like the god of, you know, he world speed records on electric motorcycles. Um, Did you now chargers, all that kick-ass shit. He, he knows a thing or two about electricity. Uh, Morgan uh, Vetter was there, Craig Vetter's son. So he was there. Hmm. Uh, just a extraordinarily good laundry list of freaking motorcycle celebrities and electric cool people. Uh, Diego rode his Harley Davidson Livewire from L.A. to Santa Cruz. Get out your fucking Google Maps, people. That's a really, really, really long way. And he did several charging points along the way. So he had to stop at several high-speed direct DC chargers and charged up on the way there. And Diego's a fucking cool guy. And when I first got there, we tease all the time about there's a video called Not My Harley Davidson where a guy basically shits all over the live wire and then they give him one to ride and all of a sudden he's a brand spokesman, right? <laughs> and it's clearly a fake bullshit staged video by Harley Davidson's marketing department to pretend to be an actual Facebook right. post or something. Go viral. Yeah. Look, I, I'm going to pay you a million dollars, but I need this to go viral. <laughs> uh, so this is what's going on. Diego, though, I look and he's got one of those leather motorcycle jackets on with like 97 pieces of flair. I saw the picture. 47 patches. But his club on the back is Medellin. (laughs) Fucking Columbia, people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He looks the part. He looked legit. Dude, he looked looked extremely legit. Like like at any moment, his next paycheck could come out of the belly of an airplane as it flew over. (laughs) You know? Uh, 
the guy knows where all the best landing sites are in Colombia. Uh, he's got the electric motorcycle, so nobody hears him coming, and that kind of deal. So, but super duper nice guy, and he's become a brand ambassador, mm-hmm. you know, for Harley Davidson. And now I see why he he threw his keys to anybody who asked for him. The guy was a sweetheart human being. I mean, just a really really good cat. Then uh, Stefano, who's the U.S. president of Energica, mm-hmm. or Energica. Uh, I can never say it as good as they can, but he you showed up. Put more energy in, in Energica. <laughs> well, they roll their R like at least four fucking times. So he, he showed up at the Energicas. They're up on the screen right now, and uh, they showed up with all of them. So Morgan Vetter was riding the SS9. Uh, the uh, there was an EVR or Eva Rebel or Rebelle, which is of course the only cool rebel you'll ever ride. And then they had egos, but they didn't just have egos. They had, like, race bike egos, which these things, we'll get into that shit later, but... Those are all really sexy-looking bikes, too. Oh, my God, and they're really fucking scary fucking bikes, too. So... Good scary? In every possible good way. Okay. All the best ways. Fit and finish all there? Yep, and all the best... All Seriously, we'll talk about that in a minute, but Jiminy Christmas, that shit is not fucking around. I mean, they, like... Remember, these are the guys that do the Moto E. This is Moto GP right. electric. Right. And, you know, uh, they were nearly wiped out by a garage fire. Yep. It wasn't their fault. But, hmm. uh, but yeah, there's a, these are not like racing-inspired motorcycles. They have a race class for so these bikes. nobody kicked over a can of gasoline is what you're saying? Nope. No, no, not at all. Not, kind of, not even a little bit. What kind of miles are they getting? Well, so they've got the biggest bike. They've got the biggest battery in the industry right now. So a Zero's big battery is 14.4, mm-hmm. and then you can add uh, 3.6 to that. But the Energicas, these new ones this year, come out with a 21.4 kilowatt battery. Hmm. And that is fucking gigantic. Any way you slice it, that's a monster battery. But uh, we'll get into that in a bit about how just insane electric motorcycles are to begin with the um there were plenty of zeros there and like i said live wire but the oddball one the one that was just the freak show one was the lightning strike and it wasn't just the regular lightning strike now for people who do not know about electric motorcycles there's been this motorcycle that um for the past five or six years there's been a lot of talk about a, a motorcycle coming out that is going to be cheaper than any Zero, but have much better performance. And the Lightning Strike got its popularity a few years ago when it held the world's record. It, mm-hmm. it obtained the world record of uh, 218 miles per hour. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. And But they used that to create the world's biggest hype train in the boy, electric more. They did. Yeah. Uh, not not joking at all. How fast did the hype train go? Faster than the bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it has oh. had a it has had it took a serious five years, though, so is that faster than the bike? Yeah, it no, had, I mean it, it's uh, been five years of, of hype train the whole time, just rolling and rolling. So and if rolling. we look up at the screen, I'm gonna tell you that the uh, <clears throat> They were saying, this is all the information that goes out to customers, right? So this is what customers would believe. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to preface this by saying, we saw one there. It was not owned by the rep from the company. It was owned by just a dude who spent $20,000 and bought one. Now, you look at the price on it. It's $12,998. However, if you want to get the carbon, the carbon one is uh, $20,000. Okay, so there it is. And 
what you're going to get is more power, more speed and range, better higher end braking suspension components and a carbon fiber body package. I call bullshit on the range. Well, we're going to have to call bullshit on the range. So they say that it's going to come out with a 120 horsepower motor, that that's what you're paying 20 grand for, and that you're going to have a 150 to 200 mile range and that it weighs 485 pounds coming with a 6.6 kilowatt charger and it does have a level 3 DC fast charging built into it. And they're saying that level two charging should recharge that massive 20 kilowatt hours battery in just over three hours. And they said DC charging will do the trick in as little as 35 minutes. Okay. Here's the problem is it says that it has level two charging and that level two charging that's built into the bike will recharge a 20 kilowatt battery in three hours. Bullshit. Bullshit. I mean, that that would be an insane, impossible amount of batteries. At 30 amps? And this is, they're saying it's, yes, exactly. So this is the whole thing, or at any amperage, realistically, up that's available on the street, okay? Everything at, that you've listed, yeah. I can believe two of at once. Yeah, but not all of them, but right? not all exactly. four of the attributes that you listed. You got it. Bike. So, and also, you know, it says it has 180 torques, right? And they say that, and this is the thing is, they say that the onboard charger is 6.6 kilowatts. And if you have a 6.6 kilowatt hour charger, there's no way you're going to charge 20 kilowatts of battery in three hours. That, that, that's right. not going to happen. That's just not going, I mean, on a 6.6, no, that's not going to make you it. You do yeah, 18 but, kilowatts. Right. And so this is the thing. And they say its curb weight is 485 pounds, MSRP of 19,998 doll hairs, right? Optional charger available for another 1500 $1, bucks, etc. So here's the problem. We saw one of these in a lovely shade of white. And these this particular bike that we saw was not a prototype. It was the bike the guy was actually riding. And what I can tell you real easily is there's no damned way that was a production unit. The, the stuff that we saw on that bike, the fit and finish of the panels was awful i mean it was Mm. terrible there were exposed wires everywhere and the whole battery system all of the batteries were not like put into a gel or put into um, a protective casing because you know everything like whether it's a milwaukee drill or whatever your battery little sticks all go into or your battery flat packs go into a casing of some sort you don't want to puncture that (laughs) you don't want to puncture it you don't want a lot of moisture in there right it's just the world accepts the fact that it's just good to put batteries inside of some sort of a container. And these weren't, these were free range. And that's a little creepy because the electrical connectors are then kind of subject to vibration, moisture, heat, et cetera. I posted a um, bagels pick that Mm -hmm. he posted on Facebook to a thread that's going on about this motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. And in this thread, there's two or three guys that have deposits down. Yeah. And I prefaced it by saying that we're not trying to bash this bike or right. like that. This is just guys that have no vested interest in the bike, but this is their honest opinions, etc. And I posted that, and this guy was like, fuck. <laughs> like, Do you know um, <laughs> what fuck. really what kind of gets me about this? <clears throat> At least he wasn't a fanboy. Yeah, well, here's the deal. This guy was nice enough to bring this bike out. I didn't go to Lightning's headquarters just to shit on this bike. I didn't go to a motorcycle show just to shit on this bike. It didn't set out with the, you know, with the intention of shitting on this bike. I'm sure when you saw it from 25 feet, you were like, "Holy shit!" The bike showed up, dude. Yeah, the bike showed up. The bike was somebody paid for it. Now the fact is, he paid for it. I didn't, so I get to shit on as much as I want. Okay, that's it. Um, He did buy it. He may want to defend his purchase, but I certainly will not. Mm -hmm. So. 
so this is a thing that if I am, <clears throat> excuse me, every consumer in the world comes into our shop, they look at a zero motorcycle, they look at some other brand that hasn't been around for 80 years, mm-hmm. and they go, well, I have never heard of it before. I don't feel like I can trust it. And sometimes we're like, well, you've never heard of it before, but you've been living under a rock in the United States of America mm-hmm. where the only pickup truck that exists in your mind <laughs> is a Dodge. <laughs> Right? And a Ford and a Chevy. Right. But if somebody told you about like a Toyota, you'd be like, well, that's not really a pickup truck, you know? Right. Or a lot of Americans have a pretty closed view of the world. Mm-hmm. And they're not aware that these, you know, kick ass cool things exist in other countries and other places. So I don't think it's uncommon for an American to not know about zero electric motorcycles, regardless of them being live for over a decade. But then you go out and buy a Chinese. <laughs> they have no idea what the name is. If it's cheap enough, they will buy right. shit that is literally made with a name like, you know, likely to explode 125, right. right? Because the price point gets in the way and people are like, well, they couldn't sell it to you if it wasn't any good. Or they make a bad purchase and they choose to defend it mm-hmm. until the cows come home. But this is a $20,000 goddamn purchase. And as a $20,000 purchase... Oh man, I, I couldn't be, I couldn't be less impressed with the goddamn thing. So I so feel it could be, yeah, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the guy that bought it. Uh, that to me is, uh, it's, it's pretty bad. The, could it be like an Andre Agassi, uh, vector situation or familiar with that story? Just bring it up, man. All right. You know who Gerald Weigert is? The vector? The vector, like the super, the super angular yeah. supercar. Uh, Andre Agassi uh, ordered one, and he wanted it done like right now. Mm-hmm. He had to have it done now. He wanted to drive it now. So they got okay. the car together enough, you know, this effectively hand-built car, put together just enough that he could drive it. And they warned him, don't sit in traffic with it for a long time. Okay. Don't race it. Don't do this. Don't do that because the car is not done. Right. You need to bring it back to us so we can finish it. Hmm. And of course, he did all the things he wasn't supposed to do, and then got mad at the company and took them to court and stuff. <laughs> as I recall, could be wrong, but my point is, is maybe it's that kind of situation where, like, well, it definitely is because guys have had um, deposits down on these bikes for like two years. Yeah, and the the guys that have money into them, you think that they would be getting communications, right? Mm-hmm. They're sending emails, nothing's happening, and then there'll be like a Facebook post from Lightning on their Facebook page that gives more information to the general public than it, it has to the, to the people that have it. So, like, it's this constant, like, you know, waiting and waiting. And so yeah. when people see these articles and stuff, they're like, well, I want to see the bike too. So when it, Phil got to see this one, mm-hmm. you know, it's exactly that. I think that guy paid a long time ago. was probably, like, number one or two on the list. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we got to get this fucking bike out. And, they and I'm pretty sure the bike that's in this picture is his bike. I mean, to the actual unit that's, that's his bike before he owned it. Because when he bought the bike, it had quite a, you know, it had more than a couple hundred miles on it already oh, it when he bought exactly it. Is that like chain drive? It's belt drive. It's belt drive. So okay. it's belt drive. But here's an interesting thing that I think, if you're looking at a picture of a lightning strike, um, a big thing about electric motorcycles really is how the power gets from the electric motor to the tire, to the wheel. And boy, everything is won and lost in loss. So losses are a big goddamn deal when you're talking about electric motorcycles. And any time they pass through any sort of a transmission or, you know, gear reduction or what have you, weird shit happens and it becomes hard to argue why you would do that. And when you look at the left side of the lightning strike, driver's left boot, the first thing that's super duper weird is there appears to be some sort of a strange gear reduction on there. 
So you'll see the belt does not go up to the output shaft of the motor. There's a, a, a very interesting gear reduction assembly that comes off of the output shaft of the motor. So you'll see there's something that appears to be about a three-inch round circle. That's the end boss for the shaft coming out of there's the motor. There's like a little pinion gear on there's, the motor. And then there's the pinion gear coming off the motor, and then there's this big six-inch housing, right, which is where the belt goes into. You see the lines of the belt line up directly with that six-inch housing, not into the pinion gear above it. So what that suggests is that there's a gear reduction. And that so means a, a, a small gear speed. runs a big gear. No, not a two-speed, <clears throat> just a gear reduction. I don't. So how, are there's no, get, how are they going to get the torque plus the top speed there you go. plus the low-end performance? There you go. So you don't come out on a, you know, let's just say you don't come out on a 46-slot sprocket. You come out on a 12-tooth gear, and the 12-tooth gear goes into the back of a 42-slot sprocket. And that's their method of doing it. Now, here's the weird thing is that all of those devices, that entire gear reduction assembly, bolts onto the left side of the frame of the motorcycle. So you're adding aluminum things to the frame heading left. So you keep getting further wide to the left. Notice where your passenger, your driver's foot peg is mounted. It is not mounted to the frame. It's mounted to the casing for that gear reduction system. Yep. Have you ever come down a little bit hard on your motorcycle? I have. And it's nice to know when my pegs are actually attached to the frame of the motorcycle. Not attached to something that's held on by a myriad of M4s. Mm. Right? Um, that thing to me when I saw it, it looked, just from a lazy man's engineering eye, it looked fragile. Mm -hmm. It did not look like the kind of thing that could take 180 foot pounds of torque or it didn't look like the kind of thing that could take a 250 pound man coming off a curb onto that peg it looked positively delicate and there were many things on the bike that looked delicate including when you turn the handlebars left and right the handlebars actually smashed into the gas tank well what we're going to call a gas tank so there were big breaks in the carbon fiber. The carbon fiber was actually chipped away oh, from geez. where the handlebars oh. kept the triple clamps kept hitting the carbon fiber. It wasn't the I saw pictures of something where the gas tank was moving up and down. Oh, you can grab the gas tank and you can pretty much open it with your hand. There's nothing in the way of an actual lock. So how does the I mean so the wind can just blow it open? I, well, I'm sure there's some sort of and fastener there, but there's definitely not enough. It feels poorly on its best day, it feels like it was hurried up. Mm. Or it was some sort of a project or a prototype or right. something like That's that. That's what you said in your, your video. That in you my said. opinion, I think yeah. it was like, it really smacks to me of a pre-production prototype. You know, I, I don't know anything about this company, yeah. but it, it seems to me that with something like an electric motorcycle, mm. you can start to get into a situation with like, similar to like what happened to 3D printers. Yep. It's like people say now, never back a 3D printer on Kickstarter. Yeah. Because it will either yeah. never happen or it won't be right. Exactly. And, um, and it seems like this is one of those half-baked projects. Uh, I totally agree. Something like a, like an electric motorcycle where you don't have to do like engine castings or something like that. It's easy enough that an entrepreneur could start it mm -hmm. and never really finish it. And I do feel strongly that, look, I don't. there's not one part of my fiber of my being that believes that this company didn't build a 218 mile per hour bike. Mm -hmm. I know the world speed record was set by, two, and I love this, the world speed record was set at I think 214 miles an hour, 
But they didn't call the bike the 214. They called the bike the 218 because the world speed record, land speed record is like a two-way street. You have yeah. to do average between two runs. Yeah. And so their high run was 218, their low run was 210, and they averaged oh. the 214. So they didn't call the bike the 214. They called the bike the 218. Mm. <laughs> Dude, it's four. You could have called it the 214. Um, anyway, that's me, right? That's me. Um, if you got the record at 214, you call the bike the 214. Fuck from, it. From everything you're describing, it yeah. sounds like it's the it's all stuff that you're like, wow, this is going to be a completely different bike in four years. Well, if here's the company makes uh, right, it for you. So here's the problem. I think it's going to make They it. told the owner, hey, thanks for your 20000 bucks. We're going to let you know right now, though, the motor that's in this bike isn't the motor you paid for. And I also got to let you know right now that the batteries that are in this bike aren't the batteries you paid for. But don't worry. We'll be getting the motor for your bike sometime soon. Any day now, I this promise you. This is the guy you. that owned the bike that was there. Yeah. This exactly is the vector situation. Exactly. <laughs> so this gentleman told us all, and he was very candid about it, that at some point he's anticipating a phone call from Lightning telling him to bring his bike in where they will give him the motor he paid for and they will give him the batteries he paid for. Man. What's his top speed right now? Not great. So the people, um, <laughs> Morgan, Morgan and um, Brendan, were actually able to take it on roads they were able to go fast on. I was not. They're, and I'm going to say, in their professional opinion, they think that this is maybe an 80-mile-per-hour bike mm. Wow! in its current configuration. So that motor they, looks like a that motor. In that, yeah, I'm in sorry, that, I pulled no, that's all right. But yeah. That motor looks like the same motor that Briggs and Stratton used for their outboards. Yeah, well, and I had an opinion too by looking at it. So there's a difference between heavy drive motors and hub motors, and hub motors tend to be a larger diameter motor. Yep. They they tend to have a larger size Heavier. around yep. and a narrower rotor width. Mm -hmm. So the, what makes the zero uh, the new motor and the zero that the, the freaking 144 foot pounds of torque monster that it is is that the fucking thing is so wide you know it's a giant wide field of magnets and that tends to produce a higher torque motor than when you have a motor that has a larger overall diameter but is narrower and that's just geometry that's just the science of building a motor and the fuel and density too yeah exactly I mean, the fuel density comes into it so when you get, want to get you want to get torque out of a motor you you do it by massive well, field also density. Also, by moving the motor to the inside of the motorcycle, you're able to make it much larger than a Absolutely. hub motor. And the, Absolutely. the thing with the hub motor is it spins much slower. Mm -hmm. than and that speaks that. to the gear reduction we're yeah. talking about. So that's another thing that, that is like a, oh, well, give me an evidence that this isn't the right kind of motor. Well, you put a reduction on it. You put a gear reduction on it, which well, means... It, that it, was going to be my question. Yeah. Does that reduction go away when he gets the new motor swapped down? Like, and yeah. here's an excellent point. If somebody tells me... Go out and have fun with it. Enjoy it in its mostly neutered state. When you come back, it's going to be like, they gave this guy the impression it was going to be like a one-hour job. Like, while you wait, we're going to mm -hmm. put a new motor in this thing and put a new battery in it. Well, the numbers that they're advertising, you can't have the battery that's in this thing now and the battery that they're advertising in a hot swap configuration. Everything has to be built up. It's like double the amount of power right. so it's not just oh we're gonna give we're just gonna come in and like slot out your you know this is what you like somebody saying okay we're taking out your triple a's and we're putting in d's right 
It doesn't fit. It just doesn't work. Do I, I would yeah. bet money yeah. that the the full power motor does not have that gear reduction. I think because right when you design a motor, you yeah. can account for how fast it needs to spin, how much torque it needs to add. You don't need a gear reduction like All that. All on the build of the motor. And so that's, that's got to be a higher RPM motor. Well, I'm thinking that have the lower power motor they just got some random off-the-shelf chinese motor and stuffed it in this thing i could not agree with you more but so, then you had to engineer and build and you got the, the price down engineer and build this whole reduction to make that work yeah are you really going to come back and then tear that out off and throw it in the garbage or is that like that seems like <clears throat> heck of an end around to no because the the problem is is that he's it's probably a higher rpm motor with a reduction so you get the torque at the bottom end so you could you could get more power at the bottom end, but if he puts an if what's the point if he puts a, a higher torque motor on that gearbox, it's going to blow itself apart. Right. Totally. But so they they're going to have to replace it. To design, engineer, and build those little gearboxes. That well, the so, gearbox was CNC machine. I right. think it's something that they could have easily prototyped right. at least. In my opinion, I think that what happened is after they held the notary of a 214 mile an hour world speed record. Then they were like, the best thing we can do now is make a lot of them. Yeah. Or somebody said, when are you going to make one for me? Right. And they went, well, there's an idea. And then it turned into Tucker's situation. We got a great idea on paper. We need to build it. We need investment money to build it. We sell these things. We pre-sell these things. And then, oh, shit, we actually have to build them. And look, I looked at the fit and finish and the quality. The carbon fiber on there was like 20 years ago or 15 years ago. Remember when we first saw carbon fiber on stuff and we were like, damn, that is so cool. It looked, but it looked rough and it was wavy gravy and it didn't look great. Now carbon fiber looks amazing. Like carbon fiber now, we joke, you know, Energica, half of the bike, it's, it's painted. These bastards painted over carbon fiber. Like, and it's smooth as glass. Yeah, because now right? it's just a building material. It's now it's just a building material. Right. And it can be as smooth as right. fiber, like hand-laid fiberglass or any other thing. And so this stuff, though, this stuff did look like college project shot so stuff. Let me ask so, you this. Yeah. So taking it to like, the root of it, yeah. what did this guy, like, was he like, oh, I love my bike? Like, what was his opinion of his so bike? So I would have lost my shit. So right. if anybody would have told me that I, I'd fucked up and spent $20,000 on the wrong way, at first I would have been like, fuck you, hater. Mm. But then if their credentials are legit, which they clearly are, this guy, I mean, this guy's a new rider. So this guy doesn't own gear. Like, he just recently mm. got oh, gear. Oh, like this is his first This bike? is his first motorcycle, 20K, oh, wow. right? All right. Right. And I know we don't eat that way around here. Right. But this is the way this guy eats, Why apparently. Why would he just buy a zero? Uh, well, because... If you would have been shopping and you believed things people told you, you I don't believe anything anybody but, tells exactly. Me. <laughs> but if you looked at the specs, if you looked at the specs on the Lightning website, you'd go and you'd go, okay, well, look, here's the horsepower, here's the torque, here's the weight. This thing's clearly better than a Zero, and it's better than an Energica, and it's better than a Live Wire, and it's better than every goddamn thing maybe, according to the spec sheet. Maybe he had a boner for a full fairing bike because Zero didn't have one at the yeah. time. Well, that Could and be. it's only a few thousand dollars more than the Zero SRF. It's but if like, you no, know it's not. It's a few it. thousand dollars less, and oh, that's the thing. Yeah. So this yeah. is the deal. If you guys, if we just said, I'm now going to introduce you to a world where everyone tells the truth. <laughs> And every spec ever written is accurate. If you went to the Lightning website and you didn't, if you didn't have a skeptic's brain, mm -hmm. what would happen? You would look at the numbers on there and you would go, the Lightning Strike base model, $14,000 or $13,990, right. 
has better specs all around than a fucking SRF. Certainly better than a $16,000 SR for $3,000 less. And you'd buy one. And then if they say, okay, well, you know, we're not going to build those for a couple of years yet, but we are going to build the, the carbon edition, the sweet pants edition right now, and that's 20K. But you'll have it now as opposed to waiting another year to get your lightning strike cheapo model. You get the fancy pants model today, it's 20 grand instead of 13 grand. But it has a more powerful engine, it's got all these carbon features. Well, if you believe say, that people don't it. lie to you, right? Where is it? Well, let that's the thing it. is, this is the point where, have you ever heard this term? There's a term for a man who builds up your confidence in something. Okay. Blow sunshine up your ass? He's called a con man. <laughs> the, 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 I prefer <laughs> right? being confident. There's a man who builds up your confidence in something. And once your confidence gets high enough, you pay money. He gets your money by making your confidence in something so fucking high. This young owner, this, this owner of this motorcycle, didn't say, or I hope he didn't say, I've got $20,000, I'm going to fuck around and be a beta tester for somebody yeah. on some shit that's probably not going to work right. Where's the guy from? California. From, well, what, what part of California? San, San Jose. San Jose. Yeah, San Jose. So here's, the, here's my thing. Look, you can't fault the guy for being, well, maybe you can fault him for being trusting. I don't fucking know, man. But here's what I do know. What I do know is what I saw was not great. And that's something that in this current market, I'm, I remember the Vectrix thing. And the Vectrix thing was a scooter that was in the neighborhood of you know ten to $13,000 that a lot of people said, this is going to be the hot shit thing that you want to buy. And a lot of my friends who were dealers bought and signed up to be dealers for these things. And they ended up getting these bikes in. And nobody would buy them. And they didn't deliver the performance completely as advertised. And the company went out of fucking super duper out of business. In you which can case, buy my gov deals for three hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> what? You can. I've seen a bunch of those Vectrixes on gov deals. For like how three, much? Three hundred bucks for three hundred dollars. Yep. On gov deals. Yep. Fucking hell! Wow. Are they worth it for three hundred bucks? Well, the batteries are shot. You're going to spend a few thousand to right. probably put batteries in them. Right. Well, never mind. But I think they're like yeah, 6,000 watt, right? They're like... Six, yeah, I don't... I, on the top of my head, honestly... Cam's like, that's vet money. <laughs> well, you know what's yeah, That's two vet money. That's two C4s. <laughs> okay, but... I mean, I've seen a bunch of them on there, and that's why I... I mean, I always entertain thinking about buying one, yeah. but then it's like... I have a zero, and why would I? Right. I, I mean, once you get something like that, why do you want? Why would you dick around a bunch of crap? That's right. the only reason to buy that is to tear it apart and use the motor for something else. And that's I have a exactly bunch of wheelchairs right? that I could ride around in. <laughs> <laughs> a ridiculous so, washing machine. Yeah, Nick's, right. Nick's brain is going. See how he can fit one of those. Into a, <laughs> yeah, boy, that's exactly. I'm thinking. Dirt bike chassis. And you know the motor. The motor doesn't have a shelf life. The motor will be a good motor forever, and the power control system doesn't have a shelf life. But the batteries do. So as long as you come up with a way of rebattering it, was a hub motor though, wasn't it? What's that? Wasn't it? There's a hub motor. Hub motor. Yeah, hub motor. Exactly. Um, Gov deals. There aren't any on there now. I mean, I'm I'm saying I've seen them over the course of the last. That was the situation. Any any one of my friends that got involved in it, I felt terrible for these guys because they spent, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get these things in their showroom. Christ. And then they weren't supported for parts and they weren't supported for anything else. They had some problems and then they went out of business so fast. These guys, the paint wasn't dry and these guys went out of business. So it was a really fucked up situation. So uh, so, so there's like, that. Uh, it's the, like the Sinclair C5. 
yes. modern day Sinclair. Yeah, the C5. Sinclair is a very good example of that. It was the it's what the future of transportation will look like. And it was basically a child's play toy that you would sit in a recumbent position. It looks like they stole it off the set of Buck Rogers. And they they had an extremely anemic motor in them, electric motor in them. Yeah, it was one. Yeah, it was one yeah. wheel. There were three wheels, and it was yeah. one wheel drive. And there was one wheel in front of you, and two wheels behind you, and there were little hand controls like joysticks. And everything was extra. Yes, yeah. like uh, reflectors yeah. were extra. Everything, and they did eventually reflectors. try to make one DOT when we were in the Isle of Man Museum. They had a couple of them there, but the one that was the biggest disaster was when the English government said, "You know, we're just not going to give you DOT." Like basically road legal approval on this thing. So they did add all the things it would need to have to be road legal. So it pushed the cost up to the point where nobody could ever afford to buy one. So yeah, yeah look sold, at they sold all that shit as optional extras. Yeah, it was they're just crazy looking vehicles. Did they're you see so I posted hilarious. one on Facebook yeah. that was sitting in a field, like the way oh, you God, see really? like an old rusted out yeah. 70 <laughs> Mach 1 Mustang <laughs> sitting in a field. Except for the fact the body is but all plastic. plastic. Right. So it's yeah. all faded out, the decals are all cracked mm, and this yeah. one was Hooked up. This one had like a rear view mirror on it. It had the side reflectors. It had the. They're dumb scattered flag. all over England, just everywhere, just randomly. Yeah. Well, didn't like after they kind of failed, didn't they like? Uh, didn't some department store buy a bunch of them and sell them super cheap Again, as like a Christmas toy a couple I'm, years I'm later not, when everything died down? <laughs> I'm Look not going to rule that asshole right here with the rain cover. Oh one, yeah, rain cover. The whole deal. I mean, like there's one on there right now. Is there what? There's a Vectrex on Gov deals yeah, yeah. right now? Right now. Oh, my I don't God. Know, we shouldn't have said that because <laughs> right. I want it. Now you're competing with everybody else. <laughs> please, bleep, please bleep this out until, uh, <laughs> exactly. until the, the time comes the, through. Uh, oh, my God. I found a picture of Bagel riding. Up. No way. It's just a ginger. They, there's more. Yeah, I mean, there's tell more me that one. doesn't look just like Bagel. It does like look a lot like Wait. Bagel, though, driving that back, that Sinclair. I'm, yeah. I'm afraid of the ginger. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. That's yeah. not, I'm just not like, oh, it's a ginger riding. I'm like, the face. It's it looks Bagel's a lot like face. Bagel. But that picture is like much older than Bagel. Like, uh, I'm going to send that picture to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll just put it up on the Facey books. Yeah. That's yeah. allegedly Bagel. Allegedly, allegedly Bagel. Allegedly. <laughs> so, Bagel's a tri- time traveler. Oh, that would be hilarious. I believe it. So you guys know, so I went out there and I saw the cool kick-ass bikes and we sat down, we did podcast, podcast was fucking great because I was there. I don't know how that podcast gets along without me. I have no idea how those people continue to show up week after week doing that podcast. And then you could tell when I walked in the room, they were just like, oh man, I'm glad I showed up. Well, when you guys weren't here and we had to call you later, it's not as easy without you. I'll, I'll, I'll say that that was a very with interesting. With or without you, we make it. That's you my job to drive this ship. We, oh, we that drive was about the as along. that was about as close as a love letter as I've given anybody. Anybody, <laughs> that was it. Uh, okay, so I had a great time with the podcast. Next day, went for all the training for the new Zero SRS. Now, this is a fucking success story. So the Lightning thing, in my opinion, absolute failure. Zero, on the other hand, what a f- fucking team this is uh, somehow manages to grow their business something like 200% in one year mm-hmm. and not catch fire on their own friction right and burn uh, their factory down what's that and not burn their factory, not burn their factory down exactly because now they have literally 12 tons of shit in a 5 pound box right mm-hmm. and going in there and seeing everybody that's working our friend Kat uh, walked in the factory and I just instantly saw Kat standing there working at her standing up desk with all the fluffy fluffy unicorns around it um very cool got to give cat a big hug and which made well which made everybody else in my tour wonder what the fuck was going on so everybody in my tour group and it's divided up into groups the tour group goes in and 
Cat and I see each other, give each other a, a warm embrace, and everybody's like, wait, wait a second, why does he get dogs? And I'm just like, well, <laughs> you got you got you got to be down with the misfits, right? Um, no shortage of hugs when you're with the misfits, and. Went through the tour, the, the factory, I joke that four years ago or three years ago when I was at the factory, that everything in the factory was like four feet and under. Like the whole factory was four <laughs> feet and under. They have these little people-powered assembly lines, which is basically a cart, and you put the frame of the motorcycle on the cart, and the cart goes to your workstation, and you do 20 minutes worth of work on it, and it moves to the next workstation. And little people-powered? Hmm? Little people-powered? That's the next phase. Currently, again, again. Now, the Oompa Loompas do take offense right. to the Cheeto comments. Right. So just well, letting now you know. they do. But yeah. I know. Okay, right, but yeah. just letting you know. Yeah. So that yeah. is unfair to the um, to the Oompa people. So <laughs> to the to all of the people. I'm the really Oompa, I'm really Oompa trying tribe. to figure out how to sneak a Bloomberg joke I know, here because but, if I see one more goddamn ad, I swear. Well, that's but again, <laughs> their whole their whole factory works their whole factory works on these carts and these carts is basically get moved by the person doing the work. So rather than have an assembly line that you need a conveyor belt and everything else for, there's a dude standing there who has the ability to push the cart, and he's the guy that just put the shit on the bike he's working on. And if he can't move the bike six feet to the next workstation, we have a problem. We don't need a goddamn conveyor belt to do that. Now, do we? There's an important... Would they be Loompa Americans or Loompa Americans? Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I think this sounds. It's not my job to educate you. You know what? I think Loompa Americans sounds way better, though. I like the. I love the sound of Loompa Americans. Yeah. Yeah. The. uh, Well, they're Oompa Loompas, so they're Oompa Americans is another name for Polish people. Oompa Americans would definitely be people in a polka band. I think Loompa is what they are. Oompa might be an adjective. For oh, so they're all Loompas, but these are yeah, because it's like New Guineans are. They're right. not regular the Guineans. Guineans? They're new, exactly. They're, so yeah, Oompa Loompa. West they're Virginia. Loompa Americans. Yeah, Loompa, yeah, Loompa, Loompa Americans. <laughs> you could be a North American more than just being an American. Right. right. And so you could be a Loompa from the Oompa region. Right. I think so. But you could <laughs> just so. be American. Because regular just regular, American. regular Loompas are normal, uh, are, are a lighter shade of orange. Right. Right. I like that you were talking Oompa about. Loompas are a particularly <laughs> vibrant shade of I like orange. that for once on this podcast, yeah. you were talking about real important cool Super motorcycle cool shit. shit. Right. And we managed, and we went and managed to invent a new race of people. <laughs> Again. What do you mean new? We are Cleveland Motars <laughs> of the highest order. <laughs> When you want to get Cleveland motarded, this is the place to go. <laughs> the so I, I'm, there's a shot of alcohol sitting here. Yeah, I noticed that. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> all right, regrouping. Don't breathe in strong after that. <laughs> wow, that all atomized. That all atomized right there. Well, you're fuel injected now. Yeah, clearly. That was purely. <laughs> that's that thing you were talking about. That alcohol burning engine mm-hmm. that just takes the wood. Yeah. And heats the wood yeah, yeah, yeah. and runs on the alcohol yeah. that comes off of the wood. Mm-hmm. That's what I got going on right now. <laughs> yeah. <Bites. Yes>. yeah. <laughs> it's not the it's not well, the liquor that created the problem. I'll see your It's the vapors. <laughs> was that the Schlivitz or was that the whiskey? That was the ten year old That was the ten year old Slivovitz. God damn it. Well it's weird because the eight year old is older than the ten year old. You know what? They say it's plum brandy. 
but I think it's kicked in the plums, Brandy. It's not. Yeah, right. Yeah. The normally, of, the sleeve of it's that most Slovenians and Croatians make. Yeah. It's like 160 proof. Again, this is just. I mean, there's nothing real special about this. It is 100 proof. It's not I bad. Mean, I'd rather have that than bourbon. Yeah. Well, I've been t- I've been taking little draws off the straw bottle. To keep the uh, SARS away from me, to keep the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Keep everything. <laughs> yeah, right. So the Lumpa Americans push oh the God. carts. Okay, yes. Okay. So they push the carts and then it goes down. And what's weird is they've still been able to build all these FXs and SS and SRs and DSRs and all that shit. They're still building it. Plus the law enforcement bikes, they're, they're building all those things. But they have a whole separate line that's just for the SRFs, Street Fighters, mm-hmm. and the SRSs, Sports. And they didn't get an SRT. Oh, Oh, no, no. I'm thinking SRA. So, yeah, yeah, because I think the SRF is a street fighter. Mm -hmm. And I think the SRS is a street sport. Mm -hmm. And I think the SRA would be a adventure. But that's what they had at the motorcycle show, right? DSR. Oh. But that does not have 140 plus torques. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So the okay. SRF platform is the frame that's up on the, the stand there. And that's the SRF. Right. right. And so within a couple of days, we're going to have the SRSs that have the windshields on them. So that's a big, I mean, that's a big thing for us to get those bikes in. And what's cool is the SRS. It's Chris Smith. Hey, Chris. Holy hey, shit. Why didn't they call the... The fared one, the FSXR, so it'd be the fixer. The fixer. It could be the fixer. We're getting dangerously close to Harley Davidson. Right, exactly. (laughs) I think the the SRF is probably a really good name because it has all the letters that go in to make the word Street Fighter. Yeah. But clearly the SRS is, I'm going to, like, riding it, the the riding position is upright. It's more upright. Mm -hmm. It's completely more it is the perfect example of not being a street fighter anymore, which is pretty rad. Now, the somebody stepped on a duck over there. <laughs> exactly. Some mouse ran across the floor, and Cameron was like, "Not today." Unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, that's how you. The way you step on a mouse is you grunt and, you, and lean forward. You just lean forward slowly and squeeze all the air out of him. Can I make a quick comment? To you Daniel? may. Because when he handled handed me that uh, shot of Schlebowitz. <laughs> I kind of cringed when he handed it to me. Right. I just want to apologize that he, he left. For your facial expression? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about asking. I, I smelled that. At first, I was like, that smells awful. And then because I after do it really appreciate like, Daniel's smell. Well, that was the gold, the sleeve of its gold. And this is just the straight up, like. If you sip it, the gold's actually all right. You guys. Like, it's not bad. So which do you prefer between the gold I haven't and had the, that one yet. I'll have, to, I'll have to get a little thought yeah, on that one going. I think the first one may have started to give me some courage to try the second one. It okay, federal a- law forbids sale or reuse of this bottle. Yeah. And it's molded into the bottle. I it's saw literally that. in there. It says that you can't sell this bottle or reuse this bottle. Sounds like we um, need a file. So exactly. we're burning up tanks with that. Right. And no shit. Oh, that's good. It'd throw really good, though. Wouldn't this make a nice Molotov? It's yeah. pretty fucking yeah. heavy, though. I think there's too much glass. Well, that's why there. you can't reuse it. Right, yeah. And then the other yeah, once thing. Once it blows oh, up, it's done. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you guys have run into a log jam of liquor again here. This, is, this always happens. As I always run into a log jam of liquor. Well, no, and I'm going to pass you. Yeah, they got to. Got to test. That's a happy it. thing. Yeah, we got to we got to test a little bit of it. So, but the uh, the SRS, it's fucking spot on, man. The riding position is totally comfortable for older people. And Do the, we have uh, any of those here? We will shortly. So that's the fucking story of the week is that Don't be looking at me. somebody can card. 
Well, somebody can launch Congrats. something. Thank you. Right? Yeah, I looked at that on the website. So on SRS. If, if you get, yeah. What a nice bike. It's a fucking gorgeous <laughs> bike. It is one of the most. And then and I saw the price for me, and I was like, oh, it's just too bad. It's because, 500 bucks more than the SRF. Yeah. No, I'm just saying not, yeah. not even that. Right. I mean, I can't afford that. If you buy an SR, at some like point, point old SRs that's been chipping around for a while, Wait. and you put a chunky charger in it, enough to get you even close to where the charging is on the SRF, you spent more money than an SRF. He's like, I can't afford it. I just bought a Hi-Ace. I just bought 17 monkeys, seven <laughs> other motorcycles. <laughs> a whole barrel full of monkeys. Yeah, yeah, Did right. you end up buying yeah. a 2020 to get the other color that you wanted? No, I didn't get one yet. My wife isn't working, so okay. I'm stuck right now. Yeah, to cut down to about 15 bikes a year now that the wife's not working. <laughs> but I did pick up four more wastewater plants, so uh, well, as if I, I wasn't like busy the, I like the silver... Schlubowitz better and Schlubowitz better, and you know what is interesting is my. I think I know why I like it better, because this one is produced from fresh, sound, ripe plums. Oh, they're sound. They're sound. They're sound. They could own guns. Yeah, they're sound. (laughs) They're sound for fuck's sake. And you know what? Nothing makes a better liqueur than a sound plum. Is that funny? I'm glad to hear they're not plum crazy. No, they're not plum crazy. May I? Yep. Recently kicked plums. What's the difference? I'm going to try it, Daniel. Between the SRF and the SRS. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Because <laughs> the Zero SRS is everything that you exists right there. More. Just look up there. That's you, know, you, you picture that. We yep. don't need to even like go I find pictures it. of it, right? You see it. So take that, and I'd ask you to use your imagination. And if you could use your imagination <laughs> to imagine that particular motorcycle with a windshield, a fairing on it, right? Okay. Okay. You could use your imagination. Now, if you don't have an imagination, you can look to your left and look at the screen and look at pictures of it. Wow. It's such a cool-looking bike. I'm so glad it has its own character. If you don't have imaginations, you just look to the screen. And so the biggest thing about it, we'll go over the differences between the motorcycle right now. And what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about everything that makes it different. And... And there's not a lot. So it's going to be a rather short discussion. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. In your dealings with Zero, since, like, you know, like a sport touring bike that kind of looks like that with mm-hmm. saddlebags, yeah. did they have any provisions to add batteries as saddlebags so that you could actually go farther? No, but you don't need to. And we'll oh, get into that. Okay. Okay. So we'll get into why you, you can do that. And I'm sure Electric Terry is already salivating. At or the Rich. Idea. Remember Rich? The guy exactly. who was here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Rich. Uh, it's a lot of weight to hang off the back. Ben, um, ben Rich. Like yeah. Ben Rich, the electric off biker. The back. All right. So guys, so look at the monitor. Looking. Okay. And there's the monitor and, and high def, lovely high def. And so what we have is they've made the back seat bigger and longer. Okay. And if you're not sure, just look over at the three-dimensional representation sitting in front of you. Okay? The windshield, the whole fucking thing, the whole lowers is one piece. Okay? I found two pieces of hardware that were exposed. Everything else is dead sexy. Um, What I tell people is that if the SRF is the bandit, then the SRS is the interceptor. Okay? And for those of us who've been doing this for a little while, I can assure you that is a very, very good comparison. Or the FRXR. Oh fuck! God damn it! Yes. Okay. So, yes. The and so the SRS the handlebars are higher. The pegs are lower. Both the driver and the passenger's pegs are lower, 
And then the SRF, the pegs are higher, and the passenger pegs are higher, and the passenger's peg is the passenger's seat is tiny. So does this have a more upright riding position? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yep. So this is definitely like a BMW F800 ST, or like an Interceptor, or like any uh, Yamaha FJ, right? 1300. Uh, this would make an excellent law enforcement bike for a high-speed law enforcement bike. It would make an excellent sport touring bike. Mm-hmm. And because of the windshield, they're claiming 13% better range at speed. Wow, that was wow. my question. Yeah, like, because it's so much slipperier. And will, as a person riding it, I will tell you, it is fucking slipperier. Yeah. You, you said sport touring bike. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Sure. So um, sport bikes are bikes what are meant to go around in circles. Well, you know, lefts and rights, lefts and rights, lefts and rights, for usually a period of about two miles in the shortest time possible. A motorcycle that can transition left to right, left to right, and still go very quickly and stop very suddenly and do it with a certain degree of aerodynamic efficiency to give it an advantage over other bikes. That is the definition of a sport bike, a bike what is used for sporting purposes. However, if you took the same sport bike and you made it less painful to ride, because in a sport bike, the person on the back of the bike, their comfort is zero fucking concern. Minimal consideration. Minimal consideration. We want the bike to be able to go around the racetrack in the most slippery means possible. Really? Yeah. As the clean, the cleanest way possible. So what they've learned is that aerodynamics in the world of GP racing and superbike racing is a super strong science right now. And what we're seeing now is an explosion of aerodynamic technology in motorcycle racing that we saw in Formula One about 10 years ago. Shit's getting weird. Like, there's weird little winglets being added. There's downforce control. There's all kinds of, kinds of things. generators. Yeah. Well, the way that we look at this is we've developed insane amounts of power, and we've developed amazing suspensions and frames, and we can stop bikes better than we've ever done it before. So they're looking for advantages now, and they're looking so – advantages now are so small and hard to get that we're looking at how we can make the thing slip through the air better. In the 80s, they took – a GS 1100 motorcycle that had a square fucking headlight and they put the number plate on front of the headlight at a slight rearward angle and that was considered to be an aerodynamic enhancement because of the super bikes of the day. There weren't full fairings back then and that was it. Production class race bikes, these big slab-sided bikes, these were aerodynamically less efficient than an 18-wheeler. So as we move forward... Street fighters are street fighters. They tend to have the look of being a bike that has already been crashed once, and all the expensive fairings and bodyworks have been removed. The clip-on handlebars have been thrown in the garbage. A regular handlebar was installed to make the bike a little more leverage on the handlebars, get you up into a more up-in-the-air riding position. And since your headlight was in the original fairing that was on the bike when it used to be a sport bike, and now that's destroyed because you crashed it, you stick some other kind of a headlight on it, usually like a round one. Hence, the term street fighter wasn't something that originally came from somebody designing it to be a street fighter. It was, you done crashed your fucking ninja. Well done. Now your ninja's a ninja street fighter. Well, that, that was the funniest thing I, I, I had happen a long time, you know, back in the day, is that it became a thing. Because that was just a necessity when you were trying to stunt and you crashed yeah. your shit enough and the fur would no longer hold the yeah. fucking plastic together. <laughs> right. You took it so, off and like you did that, you know? So the street, the sport touring 
is go ahead. Does, it, does this have the look of a sport touring or the function of a sport touring? Well, it has the function because the idea being, if I'm riding that bike down the road at 80 miles an hour, I have a ridiculous amount of pressure on my chest. I have a ridiculous amount of pressure on my head. I have absolutely no protection from the environment whatsoever. Uh, it's just me hanging onto a little missile, right? Gotcha. So I don't have any protection whatsoever. So I'm not going to want to ride that bike at 80 miles an hour very long because it's going to be bloody uncomfortable. So in this bike over here where we've got a really beautifully designed, you know, wind tunnel designed yeah. uh, fairing on it. So now at 80 miles an hour, even sitting upright, I can tell you guys firsthand that it's a wonderful place to be. Hmm. It is an absolutely wonderful place to be. Now, the first thing is, is somebody says, I heard you say the word touring. That means 300 miles. Well, yeah. On certain motorcycles, it could, right? <clears throat> On this motorcycle, what it means is about 80 miles. Okay. For, for Chris. With the batteries, <laughs> the, with the batteries that come in it from then, the factory. Then I got to go to the battery. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you add another battery to it, if you get their bonus battery, then you can probably get that up to around 100 miles. I'm going to say that's an easy one, and I'm, and that's not the bullshit like, you know, according to our 106-pound trained ballerina that we have test these things that, you know, has the aerodynamic cross-section of a sheet of paper. No, I mean, that's with me on it. I've ridden these things enough to know that that's how far they'll go. Yeah. Just just on the aerodynamics, it was something I had thought about earlier, like yeah. last week, and I was thinking about bringing it up as a subject for the podcast, but kind of ties in. When you look, at, if you put a guy on a motorcycle mm -hmm. and sat him in front of a car, and you look, the the frontal surfaces of the motorcycle and the guy is almost the same as a car. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and the concept was, what I was thinking was, why do motorcycles tend to slow down so fast when you wind off the throttle? <laughs> and that's it, is that yeah. the only thing keeping you at that speed is the horsepower that you have, because a car might actually have better aerodynamics than a lot of motorcycles. You take a small car with a, a full aerodynamic envelope, and you probably have, it has probably a better aerodynamic coefficient than, oh my God, yeah. than, a, than, a, than a guy sitting upright on a motorcycle. And so you stick your hand out the window when you drive a car, go like this, make a fist. Yeah. You know, That's right. Curve your hand. What about this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All that. All that being said, why didn't zero? So knowing that that affects mileage right. as much as it does, mm -hmm. why didn't they come out with a fairing bike originally? You know what I'm saying? Like it seems like you'd want to do that to get the extra mileage, especially when you're new and you're trying to bring electric bikes. Like why did it take so One long? One thing at a time. It is, it does well, come down to one. It really does come down to one thing at a time, and that's absolutely true. But a fairing's not. It's not rocket science to slap a piece of plastic on a bike. I mean, like, oh you know, no. I mean, and if you ask Craig Vetter, Craig Vetter would tell you that the first thing you should do ever <laughs> right. on anything would be to build a fairing. Right. Like in his whole world, his whole world is to take a two hundred and fifty cc scooter mm -hmm. and build that thing into what looks like a trout. <laughs> you know, right? And it gets fucking 130 miles to the gallon at 80 miles per hour. Right. So he took a 250 motor in a scooter, you know, a Helix, and he made it get ridiculous range and really good speed, mm -hmm. except for the fact that you have to encapsulate yourself into it. So you can't hang your elbow out a little bit. Oh, right. You can't I, put your foot out. I get like that. when your feet are in, little doors close because slippery, slippery. Right. You know, and it takes doesn't take much to fuck up slippery. But I mean, it's it's not hard to slap up. Like I mean, like what they did is cool, and the bike's yeah. cool. But it's not hard to make a fairing. You know what I mean? A couple wind tunnel tests, a couple oh. things, and yeah. 
So I, mean, I don't get why they didn't start with that. Because they're stupid, Steve. Okay. Because they're fucking idiots, man. Because they should have had Whoa. you work in there. Whoa. Right? Well, help me, no, help no. Me if I'm it's, wrong. Uh, right. But wasn't there sort of an evolution? What was yeah. the first zero that came out? Wasn't it mostly like the FXs? Like what it actually was was a thing called the Electrocross. Okay. And the Electrocross was how they got started. And because this does come from, you know, this comes out of the brain work of a NASA guy, right? Yeah, right. So what he wants to do is he wants to ride his motor, his, you know, his mountain bike around and, yeah. and faster than he can pedal it right. and do stupid stuff with it and also not go to jail. So he makes a mountain bike, essentially a very overpowered mountain bike. Sure. And then his buddies probably went, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Dude, I want one. You think you could do that for me? And next thing you know, well, there's he's building more than one of them. And so the, it did start from the very beginning as being kind of a dirt bike. And Off-road. there haven't been any fully fair dirt bikes that right. I can remember. Okay. Now, Well, that explains. Right. Okay, I get but it. But then now. it okay. moves into even no, with Steve, the. you got to listen to the rest of it. All right. Well, it does move into like <laughs> stuff with the street models. So when they changed the frame and they went to the street models and they went to the S model and then eventually the SR, which was just an a standard street model with a big fucking motor in it. Again, I don't think anybody at the company was thinking aero because, again, with the battery range they had when those bikes came out, if you rode 100 miles, you were hypermiling. Your name was Steve Hoffert. Right. Right? Like, nobody could ride 100 miles <laughs> on an S or an SR. And nobody wanted to be Steve Hoffert. Well, but... He's he, wants to drive that slow. he currently he's got my personal best record that I've ever seen on an FXS. So he's driven that bike further than I've ever seen anyone drive it that wasn't on a closed course, like specialized conditions. So, so you, that's my point is that yeah. it's, it's taken this long until they've evolved to where they're purpose built for highway riding and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And so, so as now the range goes up, becomes the, extremely logical. Right, and it now gets, they're moving towards being uh, actual commuter right like a, a more of a distance commuter right and, and that's that 13 percent makes a big difference yep absolutely yeah it's a big thing and i do agree that that 13 percent is going to make a big difference but for more people it's going to be dude i fucking hate street fighters okay for more people it's going to be <laughs> okay to street kissers <laughs> that's what they did <laughs> well i i really do look man i think that the Street Fighter thing, again, is, is you're into a, a marketing thing. It's a marketing thing like, dude, who likes a Street Fighter? Well, the guy that gets off of his BMW RT doesn't really want to ride a Street Fighter. The guy that gets off of his FJ doesn't really want to ride a Street Fighter. So what they're doing is they're saying, okay, we've got the Street Fighter already. That was the, that was the easy one to come up with. That was phase one. Phase two, we had a windshield. Phase three, well, I mean, I have my idea what I think they're going to do, but... With fur, on fur, a tank? fur, fur, totally <laughs> fur. That's fur. what they're doing. It's just just going to be fur. Yeah, it's purely going to be fur. But I do feel like this was a smart move for them because it attracts a whole separate buyer. It attracts a totally different guy than the guy that goes. Well, but I'm sorry, I don't have a leather jacket with spikes coming out of the shoulders, right? Maybe I'm a guy that is going from the guy that came in and looked at the bike the other day who put a deposit down on that. On one of the, I'm sorry, on an SRS, he's a guy that has a Diavel. So his current bike is a Ducati Diavel. And that's again, Ducati, we think, wrist hurting, back hurting, aerodynamic, go fast. And I noticed this one here has found a Meyer 
windshield on it. But Meyer windshields. Who, yeah. This is somebody who bought one and yeah. is now trying to make it more aerodynamic. Right. We discovered that those Meyer windshields work really good on the SRFs, yeah. and they're not super pretty, but many well, different. Well, they're not that pretty. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly right. They're not that pretty, and the uh, it's a very as as far as we're concerned. The uh, as far as we're concerned, I think I think the SRS is fucking gorgeous. I mean, but it's it's really a good uh, it's really a good, a good that bike. windshield works on every bike though. Yeah, I mean that's a universal right. windshield, right? It's yeah. one of the few it's universal windshields yeah. that looks great on everything. It, is. it made my Grim look great. They're very good windshields, on the and they're cheap we're, too. We're getting yeah. a little. Uh, we're going yeah. stretching a little bit now. <laughs> so, exactly. It made a ground. It made a grim look good. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, I have a windshield. Are on you mine. really okay. form a line if you want to toss right. off on the windshield? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Take your time. <laughs> we'll wait. But not joking around. The the SRS that's coming out. Everybody, if you're into electric motorcycles, it does represent the maturing. It represents the next logical step. But here's the thing that I think is badass. Zero last year when they launched the SRF. They said, you know, it's going to be a few weeks. You know, uh, you're at the launch. Here's 30 bikes you guys can go run around and ride on and have a great time. Again, I've never seen more than two Harley live wires in the same place at the same time. Right. They seem like they're very apt to let you just go and fuck with the bike. Yes. Zero is always like, oh, we've got a whole shit ton of these things now. We have inventory. Yeah. Now we'll do the launch. (laughs) And it was really cool to be there and to watch these bikes being put in crates, shipped off to customers. Mm-hmm. And that's something that not many other companies can actually say that they've done or managed to accomplish. It, it, it's really fucking cool. I mean, uh, this is the bike. I wanted you guys to see this. This is the bike with all the bags on it. Nice. So it's designed to carry luggage. So the machine is set up. Um, center stands optional because BMW people. And uh, (laughs) there's no chain to adjust. Uh, There's no maintenance that you need to pull that you'll need to have the center stand to do it. Flat tire. Yep, flat tire. That's exactly it. So center stand's optional. Um, There's quite a laundry list of spare parts or optional accessories for this bike that are already available that, that I just ordered in the other day. So it's like a lot of times when somebody launches a new product, you've got to wait months and months and months for aftermarket to catch up to it. So... They're coming to market right now. Boom. All that shit's already in the wind on its way to my shop. Is that James next? No, that's not James. That's Aaron, who is the official parts guy of Zero Electric Motorcycles. That would be like James if he was wearing somebody else's hair. (laughs) So when do you expect to take delivery of one of these possibly? Soon. So they're saying... There he is. The interesting thing is they they were telling us that... And that we placed our order the other day, and they said... We're expecting to have these in dealers' hands within a week. I like those shoes, by the way. Thank you very much. Those are my you riding. So those are my riding shoes. What's that? You look so happy. Well, I'm happy. It's a he fucking. fucking it's a really California. exciting thing, right? Oh, fucking shit. Yeah, it's a really, really. I mean, yeah, I was in California. I wasn't in Cleveland. It was and shitty in Cleveland. It was. It was like again. 70 degrees and sunny there. It's such a gorgeous looking bike. Like it's not like that. Like sort of like objectively gorgeous. No, it's sort a very of. clean it's bike. It's just yeah. it's it's unusual looking to right. the point I just where love it's the that fact makes that they have some glossy paint on it. Finally. They do have glossy paint. The oh. paint looks like a million bucks. They're using. Uh, uh, I think it. I can't. Don't quote me on this, but I think they're using Mercedes paint. Nice. So the gray, the the silver gray metallic is fucking gorgeous, and the blue is really neat. Um, what is that? Is what is that? Is you'll have to ask the Daniel. Can, can the I light up on something non motorcycle? Please do. Just said Mercedes. Feel feel the need to go ahead. 
Why does Mercedes have an emblem on the front of their car the size of a garbage can lid that's lit? <laughs> you want to hear the bitch of it? So, it's so gaudy. Oh, he's got, the whole, okay. he's got the whole load. He's got the whole load. I got the whole load down on this. I got the whole load down on this. So here, my sister used to be a Mercedes <laughs> dealer. She used to be a Mercedes customer sales, customer service rep in Florida, in like in Coral Gables, fancy pants Mercedes area. My sister comes to pick me up at the airport in a goddamn Mercedes SUV. And how I knew it was a Mercedes was when she entered the airport, I could see its landing lights. It had that lit up, <laughs> it had that lit up goddamn fucking Mercedes logo. Like a locomotive on, on the front of track. it. Which basically is just saying, fuck you, I'm, I'm a here. baller. I'm a baller. I'm a fucking baller. And only a baller would do something so stupid as to backlight and fucking light up their Mercedes logo. So when, the, when they show up and we drive away from the airport and, you know, the three seconds or five seconds of like, hey, sister, how you doing? Here's her wife. She's awesome. Megan's great. And super duper cool. And we're all like, hey, great. Why does the logo on the front of your car fucking light up? Like I didn't remember you. you like I don't remember you as ever being a member of any Tang, Wu Tang, or otherwise. Right? You're no clan for you. What rap? What rap band did you join? Why you is play the a fucking, sport professional? Do you, right, right. Are you a professional women's bas- basketball player? Why does the Why is there a thing that lights up on the front of your Mercedes? And she said, Well. I didn't buy the car new because she worked at the dealership when when low mileage or awesome used trades would come in. Guess who gets first dibs? People who work at the dealership. So this thing came in and she snagged it probably for the right price. Turns out, out of the Mercedes catalog, and I'm not saying today, but I'm saying on that day, you had your option, forward-facing radar, which gives you that smart cruise control where the car automatically doesn't hit the car in front of you, yet you can set it for 1,000 miles an hour, and it'll just pace off the car in front of you no matter what happens. my truck has that. Okay, your truck has that. Well, her car could have had it, but instead it decided to have a light-up fucking bullshit in Mercedes-Benz logo. So one thing could save you... $10,000 less. One thing could save your goddamn life. And another thing makes you look like you have gold girls. Everybody know that you have a Mercedes-Benz. Exactly. And, And I'm sure that every BMW X3 has some sort of option like that, too. Um, It's just... It is just a stupid thing. And you're good for bringing it up because it is annoying as fuck because it does make you look like... It's one thing, like, Mercedes are supposed to be, like, understated and cool, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, it destroys, well, I imagine if you're driving a C-Class, then you you might as well just be, uh, have that light on there. That's what I was going to say. I see it more on the lower-end Mercedes than I see on the high-end Mercedes. Go ahead. Johnny Drum. Johnny Drum. Private stock. Mm Mm-hmm. Very impressive. You like that? Wow. I'm going to That is that. very Eventually, smooth. Eventually. I, get these I other told liquors. you not to say that during the podcast. No claws. Mm. It's deep I'm trying to keep this bourbon from being even oh, hard, you're trying harder to, to get than it is. Because <laughs> the price is Actually, going up on Actually, I meant shit. to say Johnny Mac has been declawed. Uh, Johnny Mac has been declawed. Yeah, I, yeah, when I worked at a... Stop drinking bourbon? Yeah. <laughs> totally declawed. When I worked very briefly for a, for a luxury uh, car sales group. Sure. It was right after the CLA came out. It's an awful garbage CLA. And if you're listening to this and you ride or drive a Mercedes CLA, I hope you're offended. Because <laughs> you bought a $1,000 car with a $29,000 badge attached to it. Oh. And I had all kinds of... That's why you don't work there anymore. I had all, no, I worked, at a, I worked at an Infinity dealership. And they were talking about how Infinity sales were slow that month. And I said, well, it's because everybody's going across town 
to one of our other dealerships, and it was around Christmas time, and I called it the Yuppie Furby. Every yuppie had to have one to go with their full size Mercedes. Oh God! Or it was, or again, it was people buying the badge, right? With and the fixing it, car to, attached right. yeah, to it. yeah. That's um, and it was. I think I called it a welfare Mercedes at some point. I had all kinds of wonderful, awful names for how awful the CLA was because I wasn't bothered that we were losing sales to a Mercedes at the time. Right. I was bothered we were losing sales to a car that, a that would not be able to sell itself because it was so hateful to drive right. <laughs> was it not for the fact that it had a big light up Mercedes logo on the, on the front of it because people wanted you to know we're compensating how for, for how bad the car is by the light up Mercedes logo it's truly yeah. rotten there is no reason to buy that car I drove the Mercedes it. van like their van the MB van or whatever the it's Metris, called yeah. the mid-size awful one. awful van I mean awful it didn't work to be a van. It was like I couldn't figure out how to put motorcycles in it. But how much of that is like the brand? So like like people that buy this thing and it's a Mercedes, they're yeah. like, God, oh, this sucks. But but it can't suck. It's a Mercedes. Man. Yeah. So I can't tell anybody. I took it out for a spin because I, I had read some things that were like, oh, well, if you like a van, yeah, you should look at this. And then people that buy vans for a living and everything were like, no, dude, just yeah. buy the Nissan. Yeah. And they were like, you're kidding me. You're telling me to buy the Nissan? I'm, an Afford-a-Con- I'm a Ford Econoline guy. And they're like, you used to be a Ford Econoline guy. Oh, because yeah, the they, stamp frames now are they're horrible. Done. So yeah, they're, they're junk. Done. You don't have that anymore. So that's it. So I can't get... Are those Dodge vans with like the paper, like the little tiny rod for the rear suspension? No, that that's a Fiat. Yeah, it's a Fiat. It's those a are Fiat. actually pretty damn good. <laughs> Fiat it's a, it's a Fiat. It's a I Fiat van. I wouldn't buy one of those right. if I... The first time, free. the first time I saw one that it was like a Dodge, like Pro grade Ram Pro Master. Ram Pro they give, Master. Yeah. They give it like the most like thirty five hundred grade. Yeah, they give it yeah. the most like plumbing friendly yeah. name instead yeah. of like oh no, this is a Fiat. Right, exactly. One, one the of Ram those Pro, uh, Master. Pro Masters is, is the Triumph dealership has one. Yeah, they're the they ones do. that gave me a ride back. Yep. <laughs> so you have some experience with that. Yep. So I rented a I I rented one of those to uh, go pick up a bed. Yeah. At uh, IKEA in Pittsburgh, before I knew how uh, beds in IKEA were shipped, oh. and it was like that episode of King of the Hill where he rents the eighteen wheeler to take his mom's dining room set home. <laughs> oh, I just did that. I just took my trailer out to the fucking thing in Solon, and they put a box two foot by four foot. In my yeah, you're like, oh, I gotta fit this in the car. Yeah, yeah because totally. it's just yeah. like the boat that comes out of the airplane yep. after you have a yep. sudden unexpected yep. water landing. <laughs> the boat that comes out of the airplane is as big as the airplane. You pull the you know? cord. You pull the cord, and you get a whole other airplane. No. Yeah, yep. that's, no, I, that's my, the way it works. My wife sent me. On a, a Saturday, with all, I had to hook the trailer up. I did all the stuff. I got there, and the guy's laughing at me. He's like, "I'll get your bed," and he pulls out this two by four by two fucking box. Yeah. I'm like, I felt so stupid. Yeah, you see this tiny box, you're like, I'm gonna be sleeping on that. But the best part of this story <laughs> is that I, because it was snowing, and I was like, I have to put a, I have to put a mattress on this trailer. So mm-hmm. I went to Walmart and I bought a tarp, duct tape string and a razor blade and so instantly I was on the you know like watch, watch list, list for like murdering somebody yeah if I would have bought a shovel I'm sure I'd have been picked up in the parking lot but you know and you didn't need any of that shit. none of it none of it it's still in my car now dude <laughs> anybody needs any of this stuff it's it's there so in case you want to murder somebody yeah, so if right. anybody would like to look at the screen right now what we've got is uh I've just captured some of the video that I shot while I was oh, riding okay. the uh Energica Rebelle or Rebelle. 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 Um, you're going to see the sign that says 20 miles an hour zigzaggy zigzag, right? And here's what I'll tell you about riding in the part of the world I'm just going to call around Alice's restaurant. 
So all these roads that you're about to see. You can get anything, anything you want, want at Alice's restaurant. restaurant. Yep. You rode your motorcycle? Here, Alice. pickle? At, at. <laughs> at Alice's restaurant. I did all the no-co-moto things. So I rode, I, I didn't want a pickle. I just wanted to ride, ride my motorcycle. Um, and I didn't. And I didn't stop. We didn't. You're going to see in the video. We we shot right past Alice's restaurant. But thank you. These roads, epic. And there's a reason. Fucking people love this place. And the roads are just delightful. And then you get on the handlebar. Get behind the handlebars of something that's got like 160 foot pounds of torque and Olean suspension and the greatest brakes you've ever felt in your life. Woof. Woof. And you just you just. You just have a good goddamn time. And we never, I mean, we never caught a bad, um, a a nanosecond ago, you saw a dude go past us on a chopper (laughs) with what had to be like 26 inch apes. And he's my hero. I mean, this guy that goes by us on the chopper, because I know what roads. Busy. Okay. I know what roads (laughs) he just drove down. And he's got a pizza slicer 21-inch front wheel on a regular, you know, probably normal Shadow F or a Softail FLSTI, probably. And I am about to find out what roads he's just traveled over. And I hope he traveled them at something less than four times the speed limit, which is what we were doing. (laughs) And I'm glad that my speedometer is in the shot for all these 20-mile-an-hour roads so that people understand that the smoothness of the shot is only because of the bike I'm on. And I was loving this. And Let's see your trail braking. Yeah, we're trail braking like a motherfucker. Um, the funny thing is, uh, Sev in front of me happens to be riding the SS9 on factory suspension, which is great because I'm going to say it's the low-budget suspension, which is Marzacci's on the front and Bitubo on the back. And I'm on the extra $2,600 upgraded Olean's package on the Rebel. So... This is heaven. So what we're doing here right now, we got cars in front of us, so we're moving really slow. But the uh, you're still doing 42. Once we clear these cars, right now it's just we're just cruising along through the woods. It's pretty chill. But this kind of a thing, like this road, is magic. It, it is Empire Strikes Back, Ewok Village, all the above. Cleveland Metro Parks. It is no Cleveland Metro Parks has nothing like this. That's the, that's the fact, West Coast Dragon right there. In fact, I'm going to post this video up. So we'll, there'll be a link to this. Uh, this video will be on our YouTube channel. I've posted all the runs. So I posted the run on the Zero SRS. My let's find the bad spot in the corners run on the Zero SRS. Like, can we crash one? And then I post up my run on the uh, Rebelle here and my run on the SS9. Oh, the car got out of your way. These cars do get out of their way. And it's the weirdest thing in California where if you fill up their mirrors, the next time it's safe to do so, they will pull off the side of the road and let you pass. I'm I'm telling you, California drivers, believe it or not, are some of the most... They're, I they're, totally agree. They're, they're really. I, I would rather drive in California than I would in Akron. Yeah, and uh, except meant, for the fact that I'd be in California. If you like that, you need to go to Europe. <laughs> I actually, uh, I was coming down the Kernville Canyon Road on Kevin's yep. FZ09. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I was all happy and feel felt like I was really getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one turn and everything. Oh yeah. 
I hear a little toot behind me, and guess who's filling up my rearview mirror? Oh, no. A fucking, like, 1995 Ford Explorer or something. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, so I got pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, off the road. Let the I will pull over and let the Explorer go by. So then I try to keep up with him a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, no, oh, this guy, obviously. He lives there. He lives yeah, there. Yeah, he lives he there. He blasts this road every so day. So the, the lineup that we're doing here, if you look at the first bike, the first bike is Chris. Uh, Chris Paz, and Chris Paz works for... Energica, and he's their like official parts and service guy. Well, he's lived here his whole damn life, so he knows these roads like I know how to get to my bathroom from my bedroom in the middle of the night. And then next after him, so he's on an ego, so he's on an Energica ego, which we said that's a race bike, dude. Um, that's a full on sport bike. And then behind him is Stefano. Stefano is the uh, president of Ego in the United States of America, the, the director for USA operations for. For, um, sorry, Energica. And then is Sev. Sev's from North Carolina from Total Power Sports. And then, uh, then me. Who's bringing up the rear? Um, it's our, our buddy Lawrence. So Lawrence, uh, I'm going to say it's Kirkendall. I'm probably wrong, but he's Norwegian. Uh, super fucking cool guy who's pretty much worked for BMW his whole life. And these guys are all really good riders. They, you know, they all live for the current twisties. We are working pretty fucking hard here. And you'll notice that this video never stops. We do like something like 9,000 turns. And it's just, I just figured it'd be fun to turn the camera on and let it run. And what, you, what you're not getting here is you're not getting the audio component. And the audio component is pretty good. Because the, the chain drive, all the Energicas have chain drive. Mm, I love that sound. Well, the chain drive is great because you don't need to look at your speedo to know when you're at 60 because it gets to like that perfect like yep. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So what what is the price of one of those compared to a zero? You know what? Here's the weird thing. I'm just going to say that an Energica is going to run you between $17,000 and $26,000 depending on which one you get. And it's true. They are going to run you between those prices. There's, there's, you know. So balancing on zero, what's your, what's your pick? Well, fuck you. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. So here's what happened is I couldn't figure out. Um, we'll listen to the audio later because it's really fun. I couldn't figure out which bike I wanted more. I couldn't figure out after riding the Energica if I liked the zero better or the Energica better. So next month we're gonna have a bunch of energicas around here oh yeah yeah <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> that's it so yeah um i liked him so much i became a dealer as the weather really? gets better yeah yeah well congratulations oh, thank you yeah. uh, it's well, a kind of a big deal around here y'all are gonna get to play with those um and how is zero so how is that dealing with zero now knowing that there's going to be more well, zero you know there's this thing about ford versus ferrari kind of thing and yeah. in this particular story zero is ford and energica is ferrari you know, small builder, big builder. You know, there's a bunch of guys. There's not so bunch of guys. Oh, that's Alice's restaurant on the right. You're gonna pull up. We're actually going past Alice's. Just ahead of us, over uh, Stefano's right shoulder, is Alice's restaurant. That little shack off to the right. Huh? And well, I was Alice like, doesn't live in the restaurant. No, she doesn't she live in the, in the church. But I was really excited to pull in there. But then you see all those cars that are there. They did the right thing by skipping it. Hmm. And so we went to a much cooler place instead down the road a piece. So uh, speed check by radar, that sign is a lie. Um, <laughs> there's nobody there at all trying to control how fast you're going at all. Um, 
Phil, we every got, once in a while, there's some red lights that shine. That look, that yeah. look like a shift light almost. I don't what, know what the that? fuck those are, honestly, oh, really? okay. Nick. I have, I think it's when you get to uh, quote high demand, like like okay. well done you, <laughs> or maybe traction control has been activated, um, which I don't. I wouldn't doubt that that's the that's case the because. When those lights come on, it tends to be at the times when I'm under maximum yeah. demand. Um, or it could be pulse rate sensor, rectal cranial inversion, butthole tightness, any of the above. All those things could be checked out because they're, this video did get, this shooting this, this was a different experience than riding the SRS. I feel like the pace has suddenly picked up a lot, right? It now. has picked up quite a bit. Uh, so now we have no cars in front of us. I'd say you might want to say when you upload this to YouTube that this happened somewhere in Mexico. Oh, it was a closed course, maybe? Uh, yeah, this yeah, was in it was Mexico. A closed course, That's perhaps. what my friends do. The, uh, the top speed I recorded on this road, you'll see it in the next pet piece, is 114 miles per hour. Wow. And then I did a deceleration from 114 miles per hour to 60 miles per hour for a left-hand turn in about two seconds. So remind, I'll keep you in mind that these bikes aren't really light. These bikes are about 575 pounds. So you do, it does take a little bit of work. The, uh, pissed me off, the one sign said 25 right as I was in the middle of a hard left. And I was just like, that's just mean. Uh, so as you can see on this one, we're pretty well leaned over on this one, as you can Damn. tell by the whole world kind of being wrong. Um, these bikes don't care. They just don't fucking care. Uh, John Del Vecchio, our friend who wrote the Cornering Confidence book, mm -hmm. taught us all about trail breaking. Um, I was trail breaking before I read his book, and reading his book taught me a lot more. But as I go through this video, there are several times where I just am saying, thank you, Mr. Del Vecchio. Because you'll see a few times, remember these cameras have really wide-angle lenses, so that when you see that I'm somewhat close to Sev in front of me, in reality, I'm super close to Sev in front of me. And uh, we're trying to keep a safe pace, a safe distance between us in case something were to happen. But we are clipping along. And the, uh, the bikes just did great. They're really, I, I can't say enough good things about the Zero SRS and the Energica. Ener 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 They're fucking great motorcycles. And these are great motorcycles, just saying that, not compared to a gas motorcycle or anything else. I've never been on a gasoline-powered motorcycle in my life that handles anywhere as good as these bikes do. And that means powertrain be damned, just these things handle better. Well, when you get used to yeah. the throttle, it's mm -hmm. always the same, right? Right, There's exactly. no variance. No, there's of no like, variable. There's no, like, right. the spark plug sputtered. There's The gas no. was not no. right. Wrong like, gear. No. Right. Wrong gear. Right. Uh, wrong gear for the, the turn. Right gear all the right. time. Wrong gear for the turn. Never happened here. Um, the reason we're flying through these current turns is because every single one of us is in the right gear for every fucking turn. And the other thing that's amazing about it is that power delivery being instant and the braking being instant. You don't need to downshift. You mm -hmm. don't need to do anything. What was your traction control set at? So I had, we'd left the barn, so to speak, and we were still in town, and I had my bike in urban mode, and uh, Sev just kept pulling away from me. And Sev's bike is the SS9, which is the kinder, gentler, more like retro-looking bike, and I'm on the fucking Street Fighter, so fuck you, Sev. So as soon as I could figure it out, which wasn't hard to do, I switched mine into sport mode so I could be in sport mode as well. And that was when I could reel him in. And at that mm. point, I became we became more equally matched because, of course, his bike was in sport mode, too. Oh, another thing about that lightning carbon that we were talking about before. Mm. Do you know how many performance modes it had? 
None? None. It had one mode, meaning the mode it's in when you twist the throttle. There's no modes. The Lightning Carbon $20,000 bike had no modes. It was in co-mode. The $9,000... Co-mode. It's got co-mode. The $9,000 Zero FX has eco, sport, and custom. Did it can be any mode you want. What it is this be. going on right So here? there's road traffic. We ran into construction every once in a while because they do have to fix the roads occasionally. And then when that <laughs> like happens... put cones down. Yeah, when that happens, you all get a little a short timeout. So you all get a, a little baby timeout. So did the um, the... Uh, lightning have ABS or anything like that, or no, was it just straight nothing. up the just power? Right, and and what also oh. disturbed me about the lightning was um, it committed the one sin that an e-bike should never commit, and that is that it was totally able to drive the bike with the side stand down. Oh wow! Uh, so I believe that on any electric motorcycle, you need to have at least three safeties: the key, the kill switch, and the side stand. Because any less than that will lead to total disaster. And the side stand's the most important. And the side stand is by far the most important. I the bike stood up one time and I went into a ditch. And on. Mm-hmm. Somebody goes up and says, oh, I wonder how this is. And it didn't have a key-based ignition system. It had a proximity-based <laughs> ignition system. Oh, no. So God. if I was standing there talking to Steve, somebody else could walk up to my bike on the side stand, crack the throttle, and watch it fucking disappear. So I really, that was not planned out by a smart person. Uh, really, really awful. The that's just. I mean, ugh. again, I didn't didn't want to show up in the world shitting on a bike, but that's that's what we got going on. 109 miles per hour, 111, 114 miles per hour, 115, and all the way down to 65 for the turn. I was like, "What the fuck is that noise?" But what the fuck? Yeah, that noise was listening. Right. What that noise is? Video. If you just want to watch it. Um, we go from 75 to 115 down to... What were those red lights blinking? Those two green lights, too. On the down to 60 the right now. So 60 for the turn. So that was 60 to 115 to 60 in that period of time. Yeah, what's all the lights going on? I don't there? fucking know, dude. I'm just trying to fucking not die, all right? Call a nerd. I have no idea what those lights mean. Steve, you can ride it and watch the lights. Right. Right. After you ride it, you can tell me what they mean. But it looks like, do the lights come up like this, Phil? Like, I mean, are I don't the green know. lights that come up like Again, this? Again, I'm going to show you my point of focus. It's up here somewhere. Yeah, right. Okay? So these things, the thing down two feet from my face could have said anything it wanted to say. I wouldn't have seen it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you that I'm so good that I can go from 60 to 115 to 60 and tell you what the gauges are saying. It said, turn the bike off. Park it right now. Yeah, it said it's broken. Well, you, you could probably take a selfie, though, while you're doing that. Now, in this particular situation, I will admit, I don't know these roads. I've never been on this road ever before at all, ever. Uh, this San Gregorino. Uh, I've never been on this. And I've done Alice's restaurant over to Santa Cruz the other way, and but I've not done this way. So I've done 84, but I've not done uh, this particular route. Fucking A, this bike was good. This bike was good. And as amazing as the SRS was, it was perfect. The SRS was like, if the definition of a good motorcycle is total fucking control, then the SRS is the greatest motorcycle that's ever been built. The Energica, on the other hand, is like Hulk mode. It might hurt you. And that's what you have to remember. And the guys at Energica are just like, look, we have a problem because we are not going to build a low-power version. We're not going to build an entry-level version of our motorcycles. We are only hitting 
our only market are people who are already expert motorcycle riders. So if you, you know, if you have the beans, you got the money, yeah, they'll sell you one, but they're not going to fucking nerf it out for you. Like, it's going to be a hot rod bike. These were hot rod bikes. The, these things were all hot rod bikes. The Ego, the SS9, the, the fucking Rebelle, these are all not to be fucked with. Um, when I get on the SS9, when Seven and I trade bikes and we head back into town on the SS9, I'm not going to be a fucking hero. I told these guys, I told Chris, I said, dude, could you please slow it down? Because I want to look at the fucking scenery. I'm not in Cleveland. And I'm on the more relaxed bike now. So we've done, you've proved to us that you're a man. You've proved to us that you know these roads and we couldn't catch you if we had to. Now could we just chill the fuck out and have a nice ride home so I could see the way the bikes handle and the way they perform. And on our ride home, we went exactly 1% slower. <laughs> and he did slow it down for us, but not by much. And of course, our familiarity with the bikes all went up. So as our familiarity with the bikes went up, we all were riding more aggressively too. Well, that's what I found. I went yeah. to California in February on a motorcycle yeah. ride. Well, look, I'm not going to even say that I'm a great Ohio motorcycle rider, but now I got to go to California yeah. where everybody rides all the fucking time. Yeah. The only thing that saved my life was Kevin gave me a pretty great bike to ride. Yeah. And so, but you know, you're with these people that they're canyon carving every weekend. Every well, day. This is my first time I've ever really going up a canyon and it's in the middle of the period where I haven't even ridden a bike. In a, you think in a, you're a good rider. Get thine ass to San Diego. Go ride with motorsports scooters. That's right. I said scooters. Go ride with those guys and girls. And what you're going to find real quick is that you're not a good rider compared to them. And compared to them, you're shit. Because they just hang it out all the time. And they do. And they're not, you know, they're not, you know, side stand down. They're not pegged down. They're foot and knee down on a goddamn Vespa. That's somebody that lives there every day and has the practice. And I'll be the first to admit it. Everything you see in these things, a lot of people are like, wow, that's really fast. You guys are really slamming through there. You're really moving. And with the Zero ride, I went out with TJ, who's, um, when we were at the races and we saw the electric, the Zeros all, you know, beat the, uh, the Alta. Uh-huh. Well, remember the time the Zero and the Alta came into close proximity with each other and the Alta was no longer winning the race? Mm-hmm. We're not going to call it a bump pass, but it was totally a bump pass. A little, yeah. There was, some conf- there was a bit of a confrontation on the racetrack. Trade and paint. Well, that was TJ, and TJ is the guy you're going to see in our video of SRFs who l- led us around. So TJ developed the suspension system for the SRS. So TJ is a world-class motocross rider, and TJ was bike number 69. So John and I were watching him race and win the, the week prior but we didn't know that his day job was that he works as a suspension R&D guy for Zero. Mm-hmm. So it turns out if you're a motorcycle racer, you do some, have to do something to earn a livelihood and pay the bills or have health care benefits or something. But I was like, it was so funny when I was just like, holy shit, the guy leading our ride right now is the guy that we were cheering for like idiots right. a week before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was great to have a conversation with him and kind of just hang out with him for a second. And he's younger and way cooler than I'll ever be. So... It's got really good hair, too. So. so did you get to party with these people at all? Oh, just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. We do like to bring a certain level. Um, after the training was done on Monday night, we went and found a tiki bar. Nice. You know, $10 Uber ride. And we found a place called Hula's in Hula's in uh, Santa Cruz. Very nice. Delicious times there. And then we closed that bar. 
So we went to another place that was called like the Pint and Pitcher or some shit. It was like, it might as well be called the Winchester. Um, it was truly the oldie English Santa Cruz pub. And it was a open mic night for comedians. Okay. And we went in there and we were drinking and we were listening to these comics who were up there for open mic night. And it was painfully awkward. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, man. Um, I got to give him a lot of credit. It's tough being an open mic night comic in Santa Cruz. Or anywhere. Well, but Santa Cruz is particularly crunchy. Like, Santa <laughs> Cruz is very much the buckle of the granola belt. If you have a million dollars, it's super expensive to live there. Yeah, but oh. there's the homeless make up for it. Oh, so I mean. there is an insanely high homeless population because it's such a nice place to live. And... I was watching this guy do his set, and he was just dancing around everything that he could say that would offend any member of the population ever. And it was also, tough. Comedy's not comedy anymore. Well, it was, that was the point. Is The point is, we always joke, is like, you can say anything we want to say, but the level of riskiness has to match the level of funniness. Yeah. Well, that's, so, I mean, Eddie nope. Murphy's been trying to make his comeback. Right. And it's yeah. like, you know, there was a lot of talk. There's no way Eddie Murphy could be... Eddie Murphy. I think he could because well, Eddie he, Murphy's funny enough to get away with it. Well, that's he the thing. Pulled it, he's been yeah. kind of pulling it off. He's been getting away with the Eddie Murphy <clears throat> pass. Right. Uh, he did Dolo, the Dolomite right. thing. Dolomite, which is, Dolomite amazing. is my name. Yeah. It was well, amazing. the thing is, Put though, your weight is that, on it. Here's the thing. <laughs> you can be as crazy and as offensive as you want to be as long as it's fucking funny. It's got to mm-hmm. be If funny. it's not funny, right. then you're just a dick. Right. Yeah, I agree. There That's was always a, been my standard. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are not funny yeah, out there. Just be funnier. <laughs> yeah. Be funnier. We'll let you get away with crazy shit. Well, the thing be is, funnier. the reality of yeah. it is is that comedy is supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be extreme. It's supposed <laughs> to be offensive. Tragedy plus time equals funny. Right. Right. And, and the thing is, is that in the culture we are right now, is that people can't separate facts from fiction. No, and that people all. can't separate facts from funny. Oh yeah, and 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 the thing is, is when I want to go see a comedian, I don't want him to tell me jokes that are like nice and like yeah. my daily shit. I want I want to be like, oh my god, I can't believe this right. fucking guy just said that. How That's, dare he say that? Right. Yet I'm laughing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. There's it, a there's a comedy club right up the street from us in Cuyahoga Falls called the Funny Stop. Okay. And I'm big former ONA fan. I mean, show hasn't been on in five years, so I don't what, know how. What did you say? Get, ONA. Yeah, ONA. Anthony. Sorry. Oh. Okay. So they had Rich Voss on there. Uh, he was on the mm-hmm. show all yeah. the time. They yep. always had comedians right. on. It was basically the show was basically unlistenable if they didn't have a comedian. Well, no, the, that the comedian said that like they would be so stoked to go on O and A because it was like they could do what they did after their set oh, in the green yeah. room they could with do other comedians. With other show. comedians, yeah. oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Because yeah. yeah. I think it was Patrice O'Neill said like at the time, like before he became like a huge drunk, crazy racist, that Anthony Cumia was the best comedian that had never gotten in front of a crowd. Right. And mm. what, what's the guy? Um, who's Jim the bald head? Jim, Jim Norton. Jim Norton. He's Jim the guy Norton that, was very funny at that time. Oh, he was sure. great, and he, he still kind of is most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. Anybody so. want to talk about a very dumb motorcycle? Okay. I just want to finish this real quick. So like Rich Voss. Yeah. We sit up front every time we see him because uh, he comes through at least once a year. Oh. And he just rips apart everyone in the audience based entirely on how he, how you look to him as a stereotype, like what you're wearing, everything. Really and he will completely tear apart your entire life. And it's happening to you. Mm-hmm. And it's the most brutal shit you've ever heard. And yeah. it's the funniest goddamn oh, thing. Oh, dude. I, I've been to comedians. You're, they're you're like, like, you're a fat Ohio guy. That's why you have a beard. You're covering your fucking multiple chins. And I get it. 
But if they're good at it, you're like, exactly. I, I'm okay with yeah. that. They so when I went to go, me. like years ago, I did stand up at like Eurogyro a couple times on open mic nights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever been there? No, but I want to hear you do stand up. That's what I'm at. You got a tight five? I'm dying to hear a tight five. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. that's <laughs> Man, go. <laughs> tight 10 minutes. Be funny. <laughs> so it was a lot of Kent State students go. that were up there. Do surgery. And, uh, I don't think I'm that good at comedy because I spent like seven years writing a joke about like a masturbation joke, like honing a masturbation joke. Honing it. <laughs> All right, here, we're here. Really rubbing that one out, aren't you? Well, here's the boning it. Oh, wait a second. I just made that joke. <laughs> yeah, less than seven years. Wow. So, yeah, five seconds. <laughs> so, so here's the joke, and it was my opener. It was uh, you know, I was a really nerdy kid growing up. Yeah. I didn't like really you know have an easy time getting along with other kids or like identifying with other kids and. All the adults in my life would say stuff like, you're an old soul, or don't worry about it, Cam. You'll come into your own in college. And they kept saying that. You'll come into your own in college. You'll come into your own in college. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Come into my own what? My own pillow? I do that already. Hey! <laughs> I spent seven years writing that job. That was seven years? <sighs> I'm glad you picked sorry, journalism. six years. No, I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But so anyways, like, there would be guys performing from Kent State, and they'd yeah. be really nervous because they would do, like, if they did anything that applied to anyone in the audience they would get nervous and like we'd all kind of sit and talk at like our shitty version of the cellar table and like talk about it and i'm like you have to be fully committed to whatever joke you're telling mm-hmm. if you're telling a joke about you know if you're telling a joke about women and there's women in the audience if you're nervous when you're telling the joke the people in the audience are going to go he really feels that way right but if you're totally committed to the joke and you perform the joke they're going to be like, well, he's just telling a joke. Yeah, it's Bill Burr. But if you're nervous yeah. about it, people are going to be like, he really feels that feel way like about those people. If 95% of the people laugh and 5% of them walk out, eh. That's a win. You still, win. You yeah. still got their money. I'll tell you about it. You, know, you try to get rid of 5% with every joke, and then your evening's cut short. Stereotype. <laughs> then Steve, it's just... It's all stereotypes. Yeah. And that's the thing is people just, they just, they get the up on stage. The quickest way to make no one happy is to try to make, try everyone, to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just, they play stereotypes, you play stereotypes. Yeah, when you start playing, limi- when you start placing limitations on comedy, it's yeah. like, it's okay if there's things that you don't like and like jokes that like you tune out personally because they make you uncomfortable, that's fine. But as soon as you start trying to tell people you're not allowed to joke about this or that, like you can't put limits on comedy. Dude, one of the best things I've ever seen is so Bill Burr does a lot of shit that's like really on the edge of like being whatever, right? Right. And he does a lot of stuff about racial things and stuff. And he's married to a black woman and he's like he talks about dating her and all this stuff and how crazy it was for him to be as a white guy to walk past certain parts of like Harlem and things. So there's a bunch of shit on on, on YouTube where there's like black guys that have never heard Bill Burr talk before or anything. And like we heard this guy, whatever, and they're listening to his stand up thing, which like everybody's like, Oh, this is the worst thing he's ever done and they keep pausing it going, This motherfucker is a hundred percent correct. This is the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. And then they keep going. And then, like, the one dude was laughing so hard, he punched his other friend in the face, and he punched him. And they're like, why did you punch me? He goes, because I didn't know what else to do. I was laughing so fucking hard at this Oh, guy. yeah. My mom does that all the time at comedy clubs. <laughs> what, you you know what? I'll tell you. I, mean, I will tell I you just this. From there is a stereotype. There is a stereotype that is absolutely true about black people. And I'll do it. I'll say it. Yeah. They punch really hard. <laughs> um, so up on the screen, we got the, wow. the switch gear for a, a fucking buttons. Africa twin. That's a fucking 1990s Pontiac steering wheel. You know what? This the, the left switch assembly on an Africa twin 
is the reason I quit playing video games <laughs> after Sega. Uh, so what? after Sega 16-bit, the reason I quit playing video games is too many fucking buttons, right? Yep. Yep. So like I, couldn't, I couldn't play a fucking PlayStation. So Liza let me borrow her uh, Africa Twin. And, I was uh, very excited. I saw you post this video. I post a little video up there. And, and I've been a huge fan of the right Africa on. Twin. But yeah. I was like very scared of the DTC. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wish I knew somebody who had an Africa twin who would let me take a test but ride. But hers is a DCT. No, DCT. That's the big difference. Right. The- and so I'm going to introduce you to the left switch nacelle on an Africa twin. Can we look up how much that costs to replace? Oh, I'm sure it's hojillions of dollars. So the left switch nacelle, the left controller, if you will, on an Africa twin... I rode this thing around for 20 minutes, and I should have spent 16 hours reading the fucking manual. Still doesn't have cruise control. <laughs> it does. Okay. I think it does. I don't fucking know. I wouldn't been able to find cruise control. It's not on because the left, it's on the right. what I'm showing you guys in this picture, I'm not. I thou shits you not. There's 14 buttons that you can see in this picture, and two more or three more buttons you can't see. That means you have 17 <laughs> buttons that you can control with your left hand. Do you know how many fingers I have in my left hand? <laughs> less than 17. Yeah. I have played saxophones that are less complicated than a fucking Africa twin. <laughs> this is a disaster of a motorcycle. Why do they why do they do stupid shit like that? I am so angry at this bike right now. We were just talking about comedians and <laughs> Phil drops this one. I, I don't I'm that on Facebook right now. I don't I like it's this like mo- a direct TV remote. You're supposed to connect Phil is Camden, Camden wrote that shit down for his next 17 articles. <laughs> Every That's everything funny. on this dashboard looks like a fucking like keyboard. I played saxophones that had less. You're, but, yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Take it all. I don't get paid for this shit. All right. Okay. So Ken, then you're not stealing his material. Are you? Yeah. No. I'm oh, he's you copying can steal everything. It if you want. Down. I, I honestly don't give a shit. Okay. Then there's some extra buttons that they couldn't fit on the fucking handlebars. Do you know where they put those? Behind the windshield. So behind the windshield, next to the speedometer, there's these other bit buttons. And the, the, I love the icon for the one button because it's a picture of a motorcycle with an arrow pointing at where the tailpipe would be, and then the international no symbol over the ABS. And that means turn off your rear ABS. <laughs> then there's a button that is just the giant letter G. It is, I was like, you press the you button and it instantly finds the G spot. So it turns out that big button with a big G on it, would anyone here in the room like to guess? Or maybe you watched my video earlier, but go ahead. It, it turns off gravity. Okay, turns off the gravity. It's gravity on, gravity off. It turns you gay. It turns you gay. <laughs> Which, by the way, that button has been implied on every Vespa I've ever sold. <laughs> that's a, a that built-in feature. That has been a built-in feature of every Vespa I've ever sold. That's so I'm proud. I rode quite a few different motors motorcycle yeah. last year the only one the mm-hmm. only thing that i rode that any woman would look at mm-hmm. was the vespa well yeah so Wait, so, so you know Steve, what the g button does you have a uh, do you have a g button is on it your all bike? different than you have a g button I have a, the abs button and then there's a do you have a g button no you don't have a g button no so you don't have a g so spot. it must have to do with the dct it does have to do with the dct oh gear okay anyone else Oh, come on, man. Come on. There's eight of us here for fuck's sake, and nobody's going to take a stab at what the goddamn G button does? Jigga. <laughs> Grinder. Grinder. <laughs> Literally, you press the button, and a gay guy shows up on the back of your bike. Good sweet. <laughs> Literally. Boop. I'm here, John. Gopher. Right. Gopher. No, it's for gravel. Oh. So you press that button, and it allows some wheel slip. 
so you can stand, you know, you can shoot the bike around using the back tire. So they put a whole button just for gravel. Just for gravel. So they have nine modes. Yeah, well, at least. And yeah. then gravel. And gravel. Okay. And then okay. the console, the display, um, has three different tiers. So as you press a button, the little arrow there, see where my mouse is, my little finger? The arrow goes from that one to the next one to the next one. So each one is like you're basically going, you're moving the thing through a chapter. And then when you're in the chapter, you can change things in that chapter. Again, yeah, there's a toggle up and down and then a, another button next to that so you could change that. Steve, there's 17 buttons on the left hand set. <laughs> I'm just saying the old right. ones had. Yeah. Uh, they had a button like this to change your uh, your uh, ABS setting. Yeah. Or, or the traction control right. setting. And I, then they I, had those other. They I had will introduce ABS. you to my nemesis. My nemesis is that because. One, it has a button that just has a fucking star on it. Look, it has a button <laughs> that just has a star on it. Are you telling me you rode this motorcycle? I did ride this motorcycle. Well, you didn't read the owner's manual? No, I did not read the owner's manual. If you ride well, you I hit probably that couldn't button. lift the fucking owner's manual. <laughs> it's the gold star button. It's you literally, I was joking. Me. I was like, okay, you press that button and sparkles come out of it. Okay, <laughs> it would be the what? only thing that would be appropriate. <laughs> You're complaining about this. <laughs> Glitter button. Glitter bomb. I had, a, I had a gold wing... Oh, yeah, LTD. Right. Look at the seller console on that. There's yeah, like but, 92 but, buttons. But here's on the it. thing is, in a Goldwing LTD and in all of the Goldwings, everything that was in the center console was simply about luxury. So everything in the middle console was not anything to do with the mechanical right. operation of the motorcycle. Okay? But here's what I'm going to just very simply say. Count the number of buttons on this machine. Now, the bottom one has a minus on it, and that is to downshift. Okay. Is there one on front? There's one on the front that's for upshifting, right? So there's a trigger on the front to shift it up and a a thumb button on the bottom to shift it down. Is there a turn signal? Yes, it's that one right there, slightly above the downshift button. That's an interesting place. Look, man, I'm not joking. This bike fucking scared me. This bike caused me all kinds of problems. I didn't want to press any of those buttons when I was sitting in traffic. It made you all verklempt. It did. It really fucked me up. The horn one, I hope that does exactly what it says it does. But, like, (laughs) it's one thing to have an up, a down, a left, and a right. But then why do you have another left and a right toggle in the middle of the left and the right? Yeah, what does that toggle do? I don't know. Is it lefty-er or lefty-less? Is it righty-er or righty-less? That's fine-tune adjustment. Right. And then there's the back button. So there's an enter button and a back button. Yeah. Wait, Let's just reverse. call it what it was and give it a fucking corded mouse and let you run the mouse along your thigh as you're riding. Because I don't, I don't like it. I don't there's like the, it one bit. The fast-forward and rewind buttons, too. Fast-forward and rewind and, of course, star. Do they work star. while you're riding the bike or do you have to sh- stop again, the bike to have the money? Again, all I did was I started at one point... So letting somebody borrow a motorcycle to ride in Santa Cruz by the pier and by, you know, by the pier and by the um, lighthouse, right, by the boardwalk, all these places, letting somebody borrow your motorcycle to ride around there is essentially saying, okay, I'm going to give you a motorcycle that can do amazing things. Now go enjoy it in the shopping mall. Yeah, right. I saw your video. You're like doing like 10, I'm doing eight, right? Right, man. And at most, I got up to whatever they call their artificial version of a third gear. Okay? <laughs> but at no point was I ever in any rain, uh, danger of going fast. We need no. to have more fun on a monkey. I ended up taking it to a uh, apartment complex and just going up and down the entrance ramp for the apartment <laughs> complex because it was a very steep, like an impossibly steep 
thirty degree, you know, you know, three in one grade, and I just kept going up and down that. I did it in manual mode, and I did it in automatic mode just to see which one would give me the bigger wheelie. But then with the traction control system on, like it lets the front wheel come up like a little tiny bit, and then it like shuts it off. So. It really is bizarre, and you can put it into the gear that you want it to be in. It won't take it out of that gear. It'll hold it in that gear, which is nice and admirable. And it was in sport mode. When I got it back, Liza did tell me that it was in sport mode. I have no way of knowing that. I have to take her word for it, because at no point... This thing desperately needs a heads-up display to tell you what you're doing, to tell you, like, what condition do I currently find this motorcycle? Because based on the hieroglyphics on the switch gear, there's no way of fucking knowing. So, yeah, I, I really don't like... I like the motorcycle. I don't like the human interactive switch gear. It bothers me that I... Seriously, I, I'm not good with PlayStation. I'm not good with Xbox. There's just too many fucking buttons on the controller. And on this thing, I, that's what I'm getting. I'm getting that yeah, I'm, too old to, I'm too old to play this crazy. game. Yeah. Or, like I did, just get on and just be like, all right, fuck it. Fuck you, motorcycle. I'm just going to point you in a direction and crack the throttle. I still hate the fact that Honda's inverted the horn and the... Yeah, the horn and the turn signals, and the Gritzo does the same thing. Right, and I don't know why they do that, because if you're going in an emergency, don't you want the horn to be at the bottom? Yes, of course you do. Jesus Christ, you do. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no doubt you want the horn to be at the bottom. Yeah, that's 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 an, a no-brainer for me, personally. The... Uh, Anybody else got anything? So what, does, what, so what did the star do? I have no idea. I still don't know what the star did. <laughs> I want to know what the star does. Uh, recycle Santa Cruz. What is that? Oh, Read it. Read it to me, Cam. Well, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's last name, which I should. But, well, uh, come on. Latka Gravis. <clears throat> CEO Matt uh, Levitic has been sacked at Harley-Davidson. Uh-huh. So, they, uh-huh. so they just announced today... Uh, that they have parted ways with their CEO. This is from Asphalt Jensen Beeler at Asphalt and Rubber. Uh, Harley Davidson maintains that the move was mutual in its published statement about the news, but any broken tar- any broken-hearted teenager can tell you that it is never mutual. And in the business world, this is especially the case when the news is dropped at the end of the weekly news cycle. Uh, Harley Davidson board member uh, Jochen Zeitz will take on the title as acting president and CEO. While Harley Davidson begins a talent search for a permanent posting, so if any of you are looking for a job, you could run Harley Davidson. Um, Wait, now, is this for the person, what's the job title? CEO. CEO. It's their CEO. Wow, holy shit. So he was the, right. so every time you would see a, uh, uh, well, especially you, Phil, yeah. every time, you know, every quarter when you get yeah. your stockholder right. report and there would be all the time. canned statements about, yeah. you know, how, you know, we're losing, your stock prices, our, our stock prices are slipping. <laughs> we did sell less bikes, but we're moving in the right direction. Because we bought back $2.3 billion of our own money. Yeah, 18%. In the past year, mm-hmm. it's down 11% this week. Yeah. This week. Well, that's probably why they dropped right. the news Friday afternoon. Probably. Yeah. You're exactly right. Keeps the keeps the massive panicky sell-off to a minimum. <clears throat> People will forget about Don't it by worry, Monday. we're going to bring in somebody to turn this all around. <laughs> so, guys, I'd like to announce. And they have a 13% buy rating, yeah. just so you know. Yeah, pretty low on the buy rating on that one. I, uh, yeah. Wow, man. I don't disagree. Like, I do think that they're doing a lot of things right. Mm-hmm. It's just all of that stuff takes a lot of time. It really does. Anything I mean, that's going to change the trajectory of a hundred-plus-year-old company is going to take a lot of time. If it shows results right away, that means it's completely unsustainable. Well, interestingly <laughs> enough, I, I was listening that. to yeah, Trump, <laughs> Trump talking in India. <laughs> right. And yeah. they were talking about Harley-Davidson. 
and he was saying that when Harley Davidson builds bikes there and brings them back here, they don't pay anything. Correct. And that we That's pay a lot. Right. But but if we send them there, we pay a lot. So yes. But I absolutely. thought the interesting part of that statement was when they build them there and bring them back here. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean that's been the American thing that built in India brought back to America. changing their trajectory to the positive. Right. Will take a long time. Maybe it, it will. Changing it to the negative could happen really quick. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what I meant. Is making a positive change that's going to have any long term impact is yeah. going to take time. And I do think that they're they're throwing a lot of things at the dartboard. But I think a lot of what they're doing, like there's little things they're doing that one of the things they did that I was impressed with is there's a service that even I use called uh, Unsplash. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an Instagram or a Pinterest. Okay. But it's basically like if you're a blogger or you're a writer, you can go to Unsplash and there's all these super high definition images that you can use for free and attribute somebody. But they're not images that it's like free stock photo database. (laughs) So if I give you a website, can you pull it up real quick? Sure. Absolutely. So go to unsplash.com. So I guess the opposite of a splash. It would be unsplash. the reverse of a splash, right? Yeah, unsplash.com and yeah. type in motorcycle and tell me what like the first 10, 15 images you this see are. This will be spectacular. All right. So we're going to type in motorcycle. Right. All right. And, oh, yeah. And it is they are Harley dominant. Super duper Harley, you know, super duper high mm-hmm. definition Harley Davidson. Yep. Almost all of them are. Mm-hmm. And that is because Harley Davidson uh, took a big investment to put all of that stuff out there. Because when they have millennials writing their blogs, their travel blogs, and their lifestyle blogs, mm-hmm. and they, I need a picture of a motorcycle. How does that increase their their stock price, their stock it, value, though? Again, this it is all long term shit. But the point is, is that what the the effect that they want is that when somebody in my age group that right. is not a motorcyclist sees a motorcycle on a blog they read, a travel blog or anything. The bike they see is a Harley Davidson. Right. It's not a Kawasaki. It's not a Honda. And for Christ's sake, it better not be an Indian. And again, that's not long-term stuff, and that's nothing you can even quantify. But the fact that somebody at the company thought that was a good idea is a positive sign. It means that they're not completely out of touch with what we're doing and what we're interested in. I mean, you can scoff at that, but I you do. come in here looking like Mr. Rogers. You don't know what my generation wants or does or is involved in. We don't care. Okay, boom. You wow. don't care. <laughs> my point is, is that somebody at Harley-Davidson had the forethought to go, I care we need you. to get... Like, you look really nice, though. <laughs> but somebody at I'll Harley-Davidson... I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, you should. I thought well, my that, point uh, is, is that somebody at Harley-Davidson had the thought... Again, being a big company, it was probably at least three people had the idea of we need to make sure that whenever you know some dipshit millennial that's never even well, here's sat what, on a Chris Smith yeah, is like. I own seven of the companies you write for. So okay, shut but, the fuck up. Right. He so, probably does. No, Chris Smith didn't. Say no, that. but but here is something that, as a person who sits here that does own Harley Davidson stock, I would like to make my shareholder's opinion. Yeah. Okay. As a shareholder's opinion, what I have seen is I have seen what I believe to be a lackluster launch of the live wire that was promised to me to be the change of the way Americans ride motorcycles. How long ago? Three years ago. Yeah. Okay, and two years ago. And, and when was this the first year. time you saw one in person? It's was... been a while, right? And yeah. Can and I walk it, into my dealership and buy one of these things? Yeah, today? you can. Today. You can. Right now. You're not going to get it today. No. I want to walk into it. I want to sign the paperwork. You may have to do some traveling. So what's probably going to have to happen, and I do have some good intel on this for like 
of some, you know, as 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 of Sunday, I have some new intel for you. That if you'd like to walk out on a Harley Davidson, there are I'm sorry, a Livewire. There are many dealerships that would be thrilled to have you come in and get their Livewire off their fucking floor. Okay, <laughs> thrilled. Like might even give you a discount. It's a boat anchor. I feel like it'd be quicker in to their ride the, particular dealerships. It'd be quicker to ride the new zero than it would be. To but get the a point there. being that they have not gotten market penetration. We know that their Harley Davidson owners have not embraced the idea. They've embraced the idea of Livewire less they, than they embraced the Street 750 and the Street 500, less than they embraced the Buell, and less than they embraced the. Um, what you call it? The uh, uh, ah, fuck, man! The thing rang, rang at the wrong time. The V Rod. Yeah. So the V Rod, the Buell, and all that shit. Is that Rand? No, it's James. All right, it's basically a Star Wars video, but you know that's okay. Um, going to mute James. And the thing is, so, is that yeah. the V Rod was awesome, and it just yeah. got fucked. Everybody Again. decided they liked the V Rod two years after they stopped making. After they stopped right, making right. it, and that's the very much the Harley way. Do you want to know who loves the Dyna? Every fucking body who walks into my shop. And you know who bought a Dyna for the past five years? No fucking body. Right? <laughs> so you took it the away. Sorry, that came before. Exactly. You took it away, so now everybody wants it. So now it's the worst thing you ever did was taking away the Dyna. But that's the Harley Davidson thing. And it was funny because I did have a guy come into my shop today and was like, I want the new Zero SRS. And I'm like, fuck yeah, you do. And I'm like, give, your, give me your fucking money. And he goes, <laughs> I mean, look, he goes, Oh, yeah, well, I buy one right now, except for, like, did I see that it only comes in blue and gray? Oh, my God. I'm like, yes, it comes in blue and gray. You know, it should come in that red color. Then go back in time and buy one. You know, well, can I buy a kit to put a red fairing on an SRF? What the shit, man? Like, my grandma used to say, you want egg in your beer? Like, it's just ridiculous. And that is Ain't a, it. that is no, it's a fucking psychological Wait, problem, can Steve. Put egg in their beer. It's a psychological problem. So the problem no, is yes, they do. that people will talk about the eggs and beers later. <laughs> but the uh, it's a foam thing. But anyway, it's a psychological problem that I'm not going to say Americans have. Maybe all consumers have. The point is, if I give you everything, if I give you 17 different colors, salted nuts, a vibrating ashtray, and a seat heater. You're still going to come in and say, but I want a deeper periwinkle blue, mm-hmm. right? Because you want the permission to not make a purchase right now. You want a permission to be like, well, they almost got it right. And I just say that that's not me. No, it's not you, but it's 37% <laughs> of the people that come well, into my no, shop, and, 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 and which is enough too. to drive you full-on insane. Right. right. That's bullshit. Exactly. That's like a restaurant that offers too much shit. Right. You don't know what to get, yeah. and then you're not really happy with yeah. what you got because they don't really do it that well. Yeah. And meanwhile, yeah. Canes is making a billion dollars selling four ingredients, chicken, French fries, coleslaw, and garlic toast. 100%. Yeah, they're, but and they're doing it well, uh, right? There's like a very specific word for that in like a... Uh, like it's called like fuck you. This is what we do. Mike's place is good though, and they have like a thousand <laughs> things on the menu. And we have cake. Can sauce. I interrupt this real yeah. quick? Yeah, yeah. because I figured out props. what the star button does. What does the star button I, do? I had to download the 2020 <laughs> Honda Africa Twin manual. <laughs> nice. Okay, we're over here literally being shit garbage, um, and Nick is doing legit yeah, research. Right, research. I also downloaded the 2019 
manual, but it didn't have it in that one. Oh, there was no star in 2019? Right. No, no so star the, in 2019. The star is new for it's 2020. Brand, uh, brand new. I'd buy this 2019, but... Uh, it doesn't have a star. Yeah. star. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you guys ready for this? Yes, let's do Never it. Been star, the star button is the favorite switch. What? It does what? anything you want it to do. You could program it to be the G button. You could program it to be some other button. So it's a bonus switch. It's a button that doesn't need to be there. <laughs> it's literally like definition. It is a button that doesn't need to be there. It should be the R button. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's right. button for it's, people who don't have enough buttons. It's literally the G spot It does button. go to 11. It, some people don't believe in it, right. but if you get it right, it works perfectly. Phil, I have the perfect bike for you. Okay, I'm listening. The Super Cub has one button. Yes. <laughs> it has <laughs> one <true>. button. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's yeah, not even button. labeled. It's just a circular. Look, I'm it's got a nice indentation to it. Set, it feels just right in the center of the, at the I bottom just of need, I just need left turn signal, right turn signal, <laughs> horn, and start. That's it. Okay. Well, the ABS high, hold off on. And no, on. no, fuck no. all that. No, all right. no, 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 no. Listen, I'm going to tell you if you want to design the right motorcycle. All right. I've, unfortunately... This point, this time, at this point, I get to say this, this statement. I have ridden more motorcycles than anyone else in this room, potentially in this state, because every bike that comes in, I have to ride. Every customer's bike that comes in, and I will tell you that Yamaha had some weird shit going on in the eighties, and like there's like Suzuki had switches where it was one joystick that went up and down for high beam and low beam, and left and right for turn signals on one. Switch that broke constantly. Okay. And then Aprilia. We're not going to get into Aprilia. But we don't have enough time. But all we need is my left hand needs to make a left turn signal happen, a right turn signal happen. A horn toot. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe a, a flash to pass? No. In the front? No, no. That's dumb. Okay. That's Camaro. Whoever came up with one of those fucking things was just fucking stupid. <laughs> it's just an extra button that means nothing. If you're gonna have a button on the front, you know the only thing should be on the front? Machine guns. Machine guns on the front. That's where machine guns go. Pop, 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 fuck you. Machine guns, nothing less than 7.62 caliber. Now, you wanna know where the high beam goes? Sure. On the fucking headlight. Do you know why? Because if there's a switch on the headlight, what do you think it does? The headlight. The headlight. Right. Exactly. Do I need to explain it to you? <laughs> no. Don't need a manual. If there's a, a three-position switch on the headlight, what do you think those three positions are? Off, low, high. Bingo. Yeah. Done. Then you have to take your hand off of the, the handlebars. To... You have a super hawk. Where's the switch? It doesn't work, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> again, again, any motorcycle in the world, you should be able to smoke or drink while riding. So if you, have, you can't smoke or drink while riding, it's a bad motorcycle. Okay. Do you know what buttons belong on the right-hand side of a motorcycle? Starter. Throttle. Starter. Oh, all right. <laughs> one button. You need one button on the right-hand side. That's it. Done. Do you know where your clutch lever should be? Where your clutch lever should be. Well, I took it off and I made a foot clutch on it. Camaro! Right, that's even better because the clutch is down here. So yeah. the, the thing that yeah. operates it should yeah. be down there. Yeah, and then put your foot down on the ground real fast after you fucked up. <laughs> Oh, wait, I can't because I have to hold the clutch in or I'll really fuck up. <laughs> if you let the clutch go when you fucked up to put your foot down, but you're in the middle of fucking up, do you know what it gets? Spectacular. <laughs> it goes from five hits to 50,000 hits, just like that. So, no, clutches go here. You know where front brakes go? Here. Do you know where rear brakes go? Here. There. That's it. 
Done. Motorcycles figured out. 11 fucking switches? Bullshit. Where's the star button go, though? Exactly. Put it all on a console in the middle of the tank, just like Honda had the courtesy to do. Anything that isn't making the motorcycle go should be in a big old fucking thing. Like It should look like a, maybe a TRS-80 in the middle of your goddamn <laughs> gas tank. And then you can sit along and you can click, 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 do, do, do whatever you want to do. Have a mouse, maybe. Don't have a mouse. Have a stand those, for a CRT. Dude, monitor. have one of those big knobs like BMW has in their cars that you can just do random shit with. Anything you want to do, but it should all be in the Tempest. middle. You have a Tempest knob with a button. You should fuck with all that stuff <laughs> while you're riding. No, hey, my point being <laughs> that if I want to get on your motorcycle and just ride, make it... We're going to be playing a freaking video right. game. Yeah, dude, if I want to get on your motorcycle and I need to get it either out of your garage that's on fire, right? Or off of your leg where it's burning you. I should be able to do that pretty fucking easily. It's a star button. I shouldn't have to go <laughs> up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, left, right, control, enter, right. just to fucking start your bike While up. you're going 60 miles an hour. Exactly. My car doesn't even let me set, set the clock while I'm moving. So. Exactly. This is the point. It's just fucking ridiculous. Plus, what do we know? A motorcycle should have about six wires. <laughs> Anything right. more than six wires and that life expectancy of the motorcycle goes down by one year for every wire you add over six. So if you have a motorcycle that has six wires, that motorcycle can last a thousand years. <laughs> if you have a motorcycle that has eight wires, you see where we're going, right? You get to a modern BMW, it lasts exactly three years. Because that's when the 9600 wires all start fighting each other for space. And the insulation wears off because you move things on a motorcycle. Like the whole idea of a motorcycle. Gauge, it should be a formula. It should be the gauge yeah. times the number of wires it's times exactly the, right. whatever. Because the, the higher the gauge, right. the more likely it is to fuck up. Of course it is. And it should be like if you have a preponderance of 26 gauge wires, then your lifespan you drops just, dramatically. You might as well just shoot yourself. Well, again, then you got a K bike. So <laughs> is. As a guy that works or a on or a, or a early year Aprilia one Piaggio well, bottom. Do you know what CAN bus is? CAN bus is translation for wires too thin. That's all it is. <laughs> if you work on motorcycles, the first thing you know is you take off. Like Liza showed me inside her. Um, Hey, unacceptable. Unacceptable. So Liza was showing me inside her exhaust vent. And, uh, oh, God. Uh, fucking Death Star vulnerability right there. You better be careful an X-Wing doesn't fly up your ass. <laughs> so, it sounded a little wet there, didn't it? Right, right at the end? So Liza was showing me inside of her. No <laughs> Liza was showing me the... Squirrely jam. Okay. So Liza was showing me inside her duke right and so her what she's having a problem with her, oh. with her ktm <laughs> so yeah so like out and out and last week i'm out there and liza's got her her duke all opened up and all that you can see inside all the expensive D-U-K-E. bits duke d-u-k-e oh d okay duke duke it's a duke you know it's a bike right it's a duke bike all right so so, anywho, but she's having a problem, and so, like, speedometer doesn't work. And her speedometer's not working, and her speedometer keeps resetting to zero miles, and it's not functioning correctly, and the ABS oh, a traction. <laughs> it might as well be a sim, right? And so, this is a KTM. Let's get at her. Right. So, this KTM's having a lot of problems, and literally, when you take the headlight assembly off this thing and look at it, the problem is obvious that there's just too many wires in there. And if you could reduce the number of wires by like 80%, the reliability would go through the roof. 
But instead, I looked at the wires, and they weren't thick enough to be doing any real man's work. They were all thin wires, which like means they're doing wires, what? Yes, just monitoring. Again, they're just monitoring. They're just sending data back, and that's what CAN bus does. And that's why if you have a little problem. Were they all white? Yeah, exactly. That was the other thing. I was like, the colors had gotten to the point where it was like They're all the same indecipherable because how do you even track that shit out? So again, the more wires you have, the less long your bike will last. So yeah, it's for real. That's a thing. Hey, you see what's up there? Beautiful. You know what that is? Is that a 919 or a 599? That is a 919. That is a 919 Harnet. Um, that's a Hornet. That's a 919 Hornet. They made them for a few years. They sold them in America for a while. And the very, very end of the run, like these guys here, I think they were 06s and 07s maybe, got the good, the good forks. So they're fuel injected. They're an inline four-cylinder. They're a 919 motor. And they've got a, a nice adjustable front fork. Uh, I like the exhaust. And really yeah. nice, you know, nice brakes. That. And that's what I think is attractive about the, the Hornet. Comfy. Is mm-hmm. the exhaust goes up under the seat. Whole bike looks comfy. Been talking about these for a while. I really do like them. I've had a couple of customers' bikes come through, and I do enjoy them. And they also have the correct number of buttons, uh, which is nice. It's <laughs> How refreshing. many wires? Right, I don't know. Uh, but based on the history of these bikes, you might never find out because they do tend to last a long time. So uh, we are doing a three-level deal with the Moto Guzzi Grizzo we have on the floor on consignment. And I'm going to end up with that 919 Hawk right there. That specific one? That specific That's bike. That's a good-looking bike. That exact oh, nice. bike. A, a beautiful glory red metallic. Candy glory red metallic. Uh, Honda Hawk. So I'm really excited because I do like those bikes, but I've never owned one. It looks exactly like the Zero sure without does. pipes. Yeah, sure does. Mm-hmm. It does. It it's amazing how boring like that color looks on a Buick uh, I does. Buick I did Century say, and how good it looks on every I did say that is an Oldsmo Buick color. Yeah, but it looks so good on every motorcycle. And I don't actually, you know, I think that was always a very handsome looking motorcycle. And they did the CB, the big one. The CB1 is basically the same bike with a a 1,000cc motor in it. And they went up to 18-inch wheels to make, um, I don't know, to, to make the bike look smaller or to make the wheels look bigger. Because with the big CB1 big one with the little wheels on it, it was... It did look weird, so they did. The Honda did put 18 inches on those. Just, did they change the rake or anything? I don't know. I think it's pretty much just kind of the same thing, but just bigger all around. If you look at a CB1, other than the exhaust, it looks very much like a, a Hornet. They're very similar. Yeah. And so that's kind of a cool thing. It's Honda's just naked Street Fighter. So we'll have one of those shortly. So if people want to take one for a ride, we'll have one around here. And let you guys take it for a spin. <laughs> Because I've read everything about those I've read is really a good thing. Like, they're yeah. just a really good bike. So a good, honest machine. So I'm excited as shit to get that thing in there. You guys saw that the Transalp was out front. Yes, yeah, I spent a lot of time yeah, cleaning it. Great. Thank you very much. And then I went out and found out that it doesn't run worth shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I've got. How much you sell you it to me for? <laughs> I've got at least. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I've got at least nine horsepower out there. Nice. Um, rebuilt the carb completely. New intake boots. Uh, all the stuff you do. New air filter. All the fluids. Every fluid in the bike has been replaced, replenished. And uh, like I said, we found the little thing that was making the motor not turn. Uh, that you know, it came out in the stool sample. Did you fill the Adventure Reservoir? I did not fill the Adventure Reservoir, but I did put Adventure tires on. It. Okay, right. but I did make the mistake of putting tires on a bike I hadn't ridden up to eighty miles an hour. <laughs> so after putting the rear tire on the other day and going out for a spin, 
today in uh, deepest, darkest snow. You know, we're having some snow out there. Yeah. And sure. I decided to take the bike cold. out for a ride. It was cold. It was cold. The bike is just not fucking happy. So it's one of those things that. Describe to me the symptoms. I will describe to you the system symptoms, and let's try to figure it out. So the bike idles just fine. Idles great like a champion. Uh, put fresh gas in it, great. Now, when you rev it... Throttle response. So it's a 600cc V-twin, three-valve motor, right, Steve? Right. And uh, it's chain drive, and it's got a fairly good reputation for being a happy motor. Go ahead. So is that like a two-barrel carburetor? Or yep. One's well, it's a, a twin car. Yeah, but yeah. not but not particularly powerful. It's Well, and we're not going to say that it's powerful, yeah. but... I think that it wouldn't be out of line to say that the bike should produce about 40 horsepower. Right. And unkillable. Okay? And again, unkillable. So what happens is you rev this thing, and it doesn't rev like, Rum! which would be like asking a lot of a V-twin. But it revs more like this. Rum! Yeah. And it takes a little while. Okay. No, no coughing or wheezing, <laughs> right? But it does take a little while to come up. And then when you go out and ride it, when the light goes green, if you try to give leave the light like you normally would, which is about half throttle, and then clutch it out, well, fuck no, it'll stall immediately. you got to give this thing 100% throttle, and then clutch it out gently. And that's where my statement comes. I feel like i got about 8 horsepower. feels like I'm pulling a 125 off the line uh, with a weight of a 600. Mm. So it's running on both cylinders? Don't know anything yet. Again, seems like it's running on one side. Excellent, excellent question. And later on, we'll start it up and see which one gets gets hot faster. Okay, because I couldn't reach down and check the heat of them after it had been running for twenty minutes. I thought that would have been ill advised. Because and one of them GL, might be cold, the other one might be well. On a GL, it yeah. will run. It does exactly the same thing yeah. if it's missing on one cylinder. Okay, good, excellent tech tip. It does start starts great, and it'll idle too, and it idles all day long. But when you rev on her, she acts like she's down a cylinder. So it acts like one in one in go, one in tow, right? And I do know that 1989 was a particularly bad year for coils, a.k.a. igniters. And this bike, I believe, has two of them, if it's anything like other yeah, 80s on aftermarket on. Right? So quickly, we're going to call Rick's Motorsports to try to save our ass. No obstructions in exhaust? Does not appear to be any obstructions in exhaust, although I did find a decent amount of Emma Booten evidence in the airbox. So there had been evidence of both um, vermin and urine. (laughs) So I was very surprised that there wasn't a receipt from Emma for $300 (laughs) for the previous owner. So the... There was a little bit of animal stuff, but I think we got, I mean, we get all that out of there. That's not an issue. And there's nothing blocking up the exhaust. But I do love the idea that it's firing on one, and I have not even reached down to check the heat yet, only because when I got it warmed up, when I got it firing, look, the thing fired great, and it mm. idled great. And it didn't, you know, lope its shit across the driveway like a bike that's running on one does. So I got my gloves on, I got my helmet on, and once the bike came off the enrichner, off I fucked. But I didn't fuck off very quickly. Um, so I just got down to the gas station, put some gas in it, and then loped it back. Go ahead, John. Did you have a chance to try to throw it, throwing the choke back yeah, on? Yeah, I did. So did once it was hot and I added more choke, it did not get better. Okay. So once it was hot, and it was clearly hot, I saw the temperature coming up on the, uh, the coolant gauge, on the temperature gauge, and it did not get any better with more choke. At one point, it did. I did rev it so hard. I revved it so hard going across the bridge and was literally just second gear taking, trying to take it up to the rev limiter. 
but it wouldn't even get up to the was it rough though yeah it was rowdy yeah it was not good so i did not so that's where i'm thinking yeah one cylinder maybe i've got one igniter that's not firing it's funny yeah. it's funny you would think you'd have half the horsepower of course you get about no you get a about quarter. a third maybe yeah. a quarter yeah, yeah. no shit yeah, man. Bikes that really, yeah. they lost one cylinder. well that's because the other yeah, one is going one in tow so tonight we'll go play other. with it and we'll go we'll just go fire it up out there it's real easy to start and we'll start it up and we'll see if only one cylinder gets hot and then we'll know. But the only thing was that maybe it's running at idle, but mm-hmm. as soon as you open the throttle. Again, yeah. You know, that yeah. could be a problem. Too. I described it as I described it as the world's worst timing right. because it starts so perfectly, yet it has no top end. So therefore, absolutely retarded timing. Right? So Well, you could have a break I mean the wiring could be broken down where mm-hmm. as soon as you put more Load on tension, right. yeah. I mean, I had a CX that had a bit bad, shorts to the bad CDI, and you could start it up. It was weird, right? But as soon as you, it, it, as soon as it went off of retire, you know, right. advance, yeah, the spark fall apart. All crazy. Uh-huh. Okay, good to know. That's good to know. Well, I mean, those are all. I mean, that's where we're headed next. So, that's our next step on this one. Again, I was shocked and amazed that we've moved as far along as we have. Um, you know, it's. I am too. That looks like you've made it. Yep. Great progress. That's a great looking. I'm a very, I'm very, very happy with it. We had to order in a bunch of stuff. Like those fork boots don't exist. Yeah. So I had to order those from an off road company that their their boots for like Rancho Shocks, and then I just cut them down. But listen, yeah. so a few weeks ago you posted a picture, and I yeah. was like, "What the fuck did? Why did he buy? Why did he take this thing?" <laughs> it was kind of a shit box. <laughs> but like, I guess I didn't see all the parts that you had. Yeah, I box parts. But it yeah. went from like a frame with a motor and a yeah. wheel on it to a full bike. Yeah. Like. Yeah, you, like, it's looks oh, nice. Looking. I mean, yeah. It's wintertime, man. Today. Uh, Sparky, like, wow. Sparky's been back there. Um, Phil's one of those guys. He owns a motorcycle shop and right. everything, but he doesn't know how to work on bikes at all. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I try to. I try to never work on motorcycles. He's in never fact, turned I'd rather keep my hands off the bike. The toolbox over there is purely for show. We have professionals, right? That. We do have professionals who actually. Well, you just throw like grease and dirt in it every now and then yeah i don't even i don't even fuck it off those those tools the reason those tools are all so clean is because they've never been used yeah the uh yeah it was that bike was when it when it we got that little bit of shit out of the oil and it was pretty clear that something in there had caused the motor to just not move anymore um but then the motor moved pretty nicely and that the kerosene bath strongly recommend that I mean, uh, when you had said that, I thought, well, what if this was like a soft seize on one of the cylinders? Exactly. Where yep. something was fucked up with the carburetor and they sure. got ran it into the ground. Fuck yeah, man. That's why it kind of looks yeah. stuck. Oh, hell yes. I mean, all that makes probably perfect sense. if you tried to ride the bike the way it's running right now, mm-hmm. you could end up with some engine damage. Well, yeah. And I think that by me trying to cane it going over the bridge, I think that the 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 bad behavior I was hearing or feeling was probably putting too much heat on whichever cylinder is running correctly. But it is my experience with Hondas from the 80s that it is probably electrical. It is probably a CDI. It is probably not getting spark where it should be getting spark. But the weird thing is I did test it, and at bench RPMs, I had spark. But as we know, bench RPMs means nothing with Honda electronics. So at 1,200 RPM, you might have spark all day long, but at 3,500 RPM, you got nothing. How long does it go above 2,000 RPM so it comes mm-hmm. off of it? Goes, right. So exactly. it's no longer retarded. It's so advanced. it goes into advance. Yep. That's How long exactly. did it take you to figure out that bench testing Honda, like electronics of that era, doesn't tell you the whole story? Like the 78th bike I worked on or something. Jesus Christ. Like, this, <laughs> like, the, like it must have been, it must have been, 
I don't know, the 20 or 30th bike that I dicked around with that I had to go back into and redo everything and then realize that after I redid everything that it was probably a small black electronic box that was 20 years old that shit the bed. I might have a box for that too. You know, and I, but I would feel better, honestly, of just ordering a Rick's box yeah. in because I know at least with the, with the Rick's box, it's going to be perfect and it probably yeah. is going to be modern and ruggedized that it's going to work right. correctly. I know, I know I have two known good ones. So oh, cool. You, yeah, that's rad. Yeah. But it, and that's 1989, so uh, I was really, I was so fucking pissed off when I took the thing out and rode it because its performance was so shit when I left the parking lot. As soon as I left the parking lot, I was like, oh, it's going to be a long fucking day. Like, as soon as I left here and I was like, this thing, there's just, ah, oh, it's fucked. Like, we revved it on the stand. I mean, we had it on the lift, and we were just revving the piss out of it, and it was happy to do what it was doing. It was, it was great. But you know what? No load is no load. And the bikes will <coughs> run great with no load on them. And you don't notice whether or not they're coming up or down no right. No load is no fun. No load's no fun. So that's it. Anybody else got anything else? Yeah, I just wanted to finish up real quick. Yeah. Stupid. My point about... The, the stupid blog pictures thing was not yeah. that the blog pictures are going to make them money. Oh, my point was is that how much money did they invest in the live wire project? Right. And how much money did a they? Lot. It cost them no money to make sure that their pictures are at the top of yeah. the free royalty free. You don't have to pay anything for them. Stock photo database. Right. right. So Harley was a company that was almost built exclusively, especially in like the pre World War II era, right. on decisions that cost people zero dollars. Sure. Oh yeah. It Absolutely. wasn't until after they rescued themselves from AMF that they figured out that they had to start spending money. Mm-hmm. And I know you have to spend money to make money, but they've tried spending a lot of money on things that aren't really showing any. So they need oh, more people in the company the that think like the people that are like, well, it doesn't cost us anything to put all these pictures in front of everybody, mm-hmm. so that everybody that's you know between. 28 and almost 40 now sees a Harley whenever they think of a motorcycle. Mm. And if they want to be successful, they need more $0 decisions or low-buck decisions yep. than they do spending money. Well, that's our whole economy right now. Our economy is all based on viral, right? So everything, everything that we do, everything that any marketing guy expects anything to happen is just like, oh, you better be the next cat video on YouTube that gets 9.6 million hits. And that's the battle. The battle is to catch the lightning in a bottle. Now, yes, yeah, some of that stuff, it's good, and you're like, wow, that's a really cool thing that happened, and I'm glad that I saw it. The rest of it, you're like, why the fuck is this PewDie guy so fucking popular? Um, because for most of us, we see that, and we're like, it, it makes our head hurt that he's a millionaire. <clears throat> it's like the Street Fighter thing. Like, mm-hmm. How did the Street Fighter thing get to a point where it became something that you buy a bike basically pre-racked? Right. It's can. the motorcycle equivalent of distressed jeans, it's, right? It is. The, you're exactly right. It's but the, motorcycle. the companies that figured out how to sell bikes like right. that are making money hand over yeah, fist. It's cheaper, well, too. Well, that's my argument is Harley Davidson never chases the, the, the current fad. No. Yeah. They didn't, you know, cafe racers were huge. They didn't come out with a no. cafe racer. No, they great time with a cafe racer twenty years. I was going to say, great time to come out with another XRC, uh, XLCR. You well, know, that yeah. would have been a perfect time to yeah. launch a re-release of that. You yeah. know, they don't. They mm-hmm. didn't come out with a scrambler. Mm-hmm. They didn't come. They probably won't come out with a street tracker. They won't, you know. And they did come out with an electric bike exactly like ten years after I Zero like brought out theirs, but it was less powerful and more expensive. Right. Yeah, and they right. spent way more money developing it. So yep. I think like. But they, they had the a, chance to bring it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got the a the chance market, medium. but they're just not bringing out products. They have to bring out products people want. Yeah. And they have to have a dealer network that supports the products 
the change in their products instead of being such sticks in the mud. That's huge. And trying to say and trying to just stick with what worked fifty years ago, exactly. thirty years so ago. Yeah. On that, uh, that on that front, mm-hmm. so as somebody that's been involved in the motorcycle industry for thirty years, twenty five right. years or something, and you've been to all kinds of releases and all kinds of debuts oh, yeah. and ride um, this and ride that and all the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So all the doubters out there for the electric motorcycle saying like, oh, it's a fad, whatever. How different compared to every other release of a motorcycle was the electric motorcycle release that you've been to? This recent one? Yeah. So I'm saying like, so 10 years ago or 15 years ago, whatever years ago it was that you went to like the CBR 1000 release or whatever. How was the ride? Is there any difference from like what you experienced this last time to that? Like... Well, the first of all, I, it's a very interesting thing for the Zero because Zero has had this 300% growth. Right. So it's pretty easy to show people a good time when you're getting 200% better performance than you expected. Right. Right. So that's great. When, you're, when your biggest problem is I can't lease enough buildings around where I'm standing right now. But I'm saying all these guys my, that are out there yeah. like, well, obviously electric bikes can't do this and they can't do that. And yeah. like, obviously the experience is not the same. So mm. you've experienced everything. Like yeah. you've been the guy that's been out to As, all these. Aside from being able to literally sit on one and drive it to Columbus in one go. Right. Like that is the biggest, that's the obvious fucking problem with electric motorcycles is if I want to get on one and ride it to Columbus, then when I get somewhere on the way to Columbus, or maybe at Columbus, if I'm lucky, depending on what I'm riding, I got to plug it in, and I got to wait for at least 25, maybe an hour, mm-hmm. right? 25 minutes to an hour is the time I'm going to wait to complete the next leg of my journey. Now, here's the good news. The good news is if I was driving to Columbus and I made it to like fucking, you know, Polaris, mm-hmm. right? So I almost made it into Columbus. So I could pull off in Polaris, and I wouldn't have to charge for an hour. I could literally charge for 10 minutes. So I could plug in, go take a shit, grab a you know tornado dog or whatever the hell's there, throw that thing down my fucking gaping you know, dumb hole, <laughs> and then jump on my motorcycle and ride my motorcycle into Columbus, right. show up at cool guy you know, location destination, and plug, in. and plug my bike in again, where then I could have a cheapo level one overnight charge, because daddy got to drink and sleep, right? right. So I'm going to drink and sleep. My bike's going to drink and sleep. And in the morning, we're going to be ready to do it all again. Now, if I drive to Columbus 10 times a year, that is going to be a problem, an inconvenience, right? But since I don't, and I do that like once or twice a year, it's less of an inconvenience. But so even, 90% but, of my trips are from my house to here and then a little dicking around. Let's so narrow it down yeah. to just motorcycle um, um, reviewer, yeah, yeah, yeah. et cetera, yep. right? So all the years of motorcycle reviewing, because like even when like the GSXR or whatever was mm, new, yeah. they didn't say, like, here's a 175-mile ride, let's go ride. No, no. It was like, here's a 25-mile loop, let's yeah. do this. You basically take a loop that they authorize as being totally nerfed right. out. And they take journalists who shouldn't actually be on motorcycles. So let's compare that experience (laughs) to what you experienced on the new electric bike. The Zero demo ride was brilliant, though Mm -hmm. obviously the roads around where they are is brilliant. That begs the question, did you choose to be here because of the roads? Because I kind of think you did. Mm -hmm. Like, this is motorcycle nirvana, and that is motorcycle nirvana. Like, you pull out of the driveway and you're already on amazing roads. So they did push that, and they did feel the groups out to be like, Okay, this group is clearly full of, you know, bold or crazy fucking straight up monster riders. Right. 
you know. Then there were other groups that were like, maybe not, maybe they're like an owner that just happens to also own a car leasing place and a, you know, whatever. So they did sort of lean the rides to different people's skill level. But what I will say is they were all faster than I've ever been on any motorcycle demo ride run because, again, they were really, really trying to stress to people that even if you're a fucking idiot, this bike won't kill you. Mm. So they were putting you into what I felt to be some kind of questionably hairy situations, and the bike was doing its job and not killing you. Mm. The Energica ride, that was madness. But then again, <laughs> that was two of us. So like they were basically showing two people who were both people that whether they knew it or were just hoping it there are two people that know how to ride motorcycles right. and have kind of an accomplished You've history of riding. a rest or two yeah we're right. okay riders right. and they took us out and yes if you said i'll give you a thousand dollars if you catch catch chris i would not have a thousand dollars there's no way i could have caught chris chris is an excellent rider on a fantastically fast motorcycle right if we would have traded bikes, I couldn't have caught Chris. Mm-hmm. If Chris was on a Vespa, I don't think I could have caught Chris. <laughs> because Chris is a brilliant fucking rider. Right. And he's listening to this, so fuck. Good job, Chris. <laughs> Not killing us. Barely. Now, most, of course, most demo rides don't do that. Most right. demo rides are pretty tame. They're pretty nerfed out. Um, that's a big thing. When you look at the electric guys, are all doing the same thing. We need you to pee a little bit. We need you to shit just a little when you ride our bike. We want those superlatives. We do. We, we want to yeah. when, when the article comes yeah. out next in next month's issue. We yeah. want superlatives because yeah. that's the only. You read one person's superlative, you're yeah. like, ah, you know, yeah, that guy's an that guy's an idiot. Do you whatever. know what's better when 14 people write superlatives about the same fucking bike? Right. You go maybe maybe electric bikes don't. One word suck. review. It's a one word review. Fuck. And actually. It's like that onion newspaper it's not, when they land it's on not, the moon. It's not fuck. It's fuck. It's like, how can I make the word fuck shorter? <laughs> like, how can I shorten fuck up? F-C-K. To like, literally, to take the U out of it. F-K. Because that is the way that, Z, that electric bikes feel. When you get off of a zero electric bike and you're riding it around, the first time you make it from like here to the corner at, in sport mode, you just literally go, fuck. Like, because... That's some shit. Like riding an electric when you've been riding internal combustion for a long time, electrics are really, really right now. Well, last year, the most I've ever spent on an electric bike was when you had like one of the cheaper zeros yeah, at yeah. mid Ohio oh, yeah. and you had it turned to echo mode. We did have it tuned to eco mode. And yeah. you were like, go ahead and ride it around. <laughs> and I couldn't stop smiling. I'm like, holy fuck, this thing's awesome. Yeah. So I can't yeah. imagine riding like a full on yeah. performance version of that. Well, it's. Done. And there's the thing is, if I put you on an SR, or if I put you on an S, or I put you on a DS or a DSR, it would kill you because it does not have any fucking traction control. Right. These bikes have ABS, but they don't have traction control. You are the traction control. And by our nature of being idiots, we always want to go a little further. Mm-hmm. We always be like, okay, just, I bullshit. I know what he said. Fuck him. Light went green. I'm going to crack the throttle. And it turns the back tire into goo. <laughs> and then you, you, you crash, yeah. right? Whereas at least all the new ones, the SRFs and the SRSs, when you do that, they go, okay. Yeah, you're an idiot. We're going to mellow you out. I'm going to impress you, but not kill you. (laughs) And how the fucking thing knows to impress you, but not kill you, that's that's some cool shit. And for that, you need a German. (laughs) Can I ask you to pull up one more thing? (laughs) Yeah. Can you pull up 2020 soft tail standard? So, you know, I was talking about $0 ideas that make a lot of sense. Of of us, how many of us have ridden one of the new soft tails? Nope. 
Did you like three of them? Did you like it? Do you think it was a great bike that cost Uh, way too much fucking money? Yeah, I mean, look. So I love the motor. I do love the motor. Are we just pulling up just like a basic shot? That's of it? what it. Yeah, any any of them. Right. I mean, I like yeah. some of the detail shots yeah. because it shows the lack of detail. Well, it shows and the lack. I was going to say. You'll see what I mean. Right. So it's it comes in any color you want as long as it's black. Harley made right. a soft tail standard. Right. And what I like about and basically this is it's like, a Sportster with a soft tail motor jammed in it. Well, no, I mean it's it's the soft tail frame. It's all yeah. the good new soft tail stuff. Yeah. But it costs a hair over thirteen thousand right. dollars, and it's a retro styled bike. It looks right. like the. Um, the old soft tail standards, sure. like the, the mid '80s soft tail standard, standards, and they brought it back. In it the looks exactly 90s. like a VT 1100C. Right, but it's the they nailed it. It's the Iron 883, <laughs> Iron 1200 yeah. thing. Right, I mean, it is. The people yeah. in my age group were not buying uh, streets. We're right. not buying street fighters. This is the profit margin bike because if you sell that bike at thirteen thousand dollars, you have found the profit margin bike of a big block. So of the big block bikes. Anything that's not yeah. a Sportster but motor, it's the, it's, this, it's the soft yeah. tail version of the of Iron 1200. Absolutely, it's the bike you buy, right? Because I don't want hard. I'm special and I'm unique. Yeah, I'm a snowflake. I can make the bike. You can do whatever you want. Special and unique to. like right. me, right? And I don't have to pay. This for anything. is just the cost Look of emission. Look at the emissions. fucking air cleaner cover. Yeah. It's like the, the cost air of cleaner emission. Cover is a black stamped cover. It doesn't have anything stamped into it or. Well, everything on, on the bike is meant to be taken off. Yeah, every exactly right. everything's meant to be taken off, and you get into a new soft. And tail. for that, it is either the greatest success or the greatest failure. Right. Ever. Right. Yeah, but then you go to any place, and you're in a sea of two thousand. Well, and that's what Harley guys do. Is yeah, like, but I think I'm going to tell you, you're going to buy a Grom or you're going to buy a Rascal, and you're going to leave it stock. Nobody leaves it stock. Nobody does. This is just an $11,000 more expensive version of that thing. Yeah. You know, it's what people do. People love to fucking, you know, tweak on their shit. And so I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's probably the, the most important bike they're selling in 2020. And it's not the most important bike they're selling in 2020 isn't the live wire. It's pretty clear they it's, thin their herd. When you look at oh, what yeah. they've cut out, what they're saying they're not building next year, Harley Davidson is definitely in a let's turn things down a notch and save some money mode. They sell more variants of the sport. They offer more variants of the Sportster in India now than they, than do, they in do in the America. US. That's right. They sell, yeah. I believe, five or six variants of the yeah. Sportster yep. in India, and they only offer four for 2020 right. in the U.S. Yeah. And that's, that's, but I think, I think this is brilliant. This is the mm-hmm. bike that's going to get people my age into the dealership because I can't afford a $21,000. I can finance a $21,000 <laughs> soft tail, but I'm not going to. But a $13,000 soft tail that I can make whatever I want to over time as I can afford. My question that's is. something that appeals to me a lot more than a $30,000 electric yeah. bike. I'm going to think the $30,000 electric bike is really fucking cool, and that might be what gets me into the dealership. Right. But if I'm seriously looking at buying a bike, the bike I'm riding out on mm-hmm. is going to be an Iron 883, an Iron 1200, or a soft tail standard. Okay. I'm not saying me, actually me. I'm saying, you know. I the agree proverbial with you. millennial I totally agree with you. Harley owner. So I think that's the that's the zero dollar idea that Harley has nailed for twenty twenty. That's the thinking that's gonna get them out, not live wire thinking. And it's a shame because the live wire is a cool bike. But it's will cool you product. buy the anagram specific Harley Davidson three thirty eight? No, that's adorable. <laughs> that appeals a lot more to me. That's really pretty. And that's cool. the Benelli. Yeah. So yeah. that's the right. Benelli. Right. And but by the Benelli, it's cheaper. Again, <laughs> we're counting on that. If you don't think I'm thinking about that, yeah, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about that a lot because I buy a four-cylinder Harley. Ooh. Four-cylinder Harley. Yeah. Let's make an inline four. <laughs> right, and then when when Indian does, that would be sweet. 
Mm-hmm. That'd be so water cool. Cooled. Indian built a built an inline four. A that was like a classic cruiser. Yeah. yeah, that was like yeah, That'd and they called awesome. it the Indian. Like, uh, how how expensive would it be for Indian to buy the rights to use the Henderson name? And well, they just sold it as the Indian Henderson four. It's taken a while, but if you guys go back to podcast number like forty six, when I said that Harley Davidson is producing a ridiculous amount of stuff with QJ in China, and everybody's like, no, you can't prove that. Look at the screen. Yeah, so the uh, I love this um, the partnership with Quang Jang Motorcycle. I mean, here they are. This is it. You know, they're admitting that they have a partnership with QJ. And wait, is this another thing where they're going to try to make somebody else go uh, uh, out of business by you know what faking a partnership? Uh, with you know them? what uh, QJ is a hell of a lot bigger than Harley yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they be owned by Q, right? And that's what I'm going to say. Harley Davidson might end up be owned by QJ because if you ask the guys over at um, Royal Alloy, that's their idea. But if you have to ask the guys at Scomati, that was their idea, mm. and Royal Alloy said. Well, it doesn't work exactly right. We're going to change one cunt hair, and now we own it. And so that's that trick is the, the Chinese are very famous for saying, you've done a very good job. You've got us 98% of the way there. But we're going to tweak just a couple of items just to make it better. And that will help you your sales. And it'll help us build it for you. Because if you want us to build this for you, we've got to make it so we can build it for you. So we're going to change a few things to make assembly easier. And then next thing you know, it's not your property anymore. They own it. You did all the heavy lifting. They just came in for the last tap it in, but now it's their product. And that's a big thing in the motorcycle industry. And that's how a lot of people end up having a great idea that's a million-dollar idea, but it costs them a million dollars to defend it. Next thing you know, they're, an, they're negative one millionaires <laughs> because they tried to defend their million-dollar idea, but it's hard to sue China. China's a big place. Um, we'll say rip off everything. So. Well, that and the government owns the businesses. So yeah. because the governments have a stake in the businesses, you know, you can come in there with a the big dick attorney, but big dick attorney is not as big of a dick as the government of China yeah. is. They have the entire <laughs> right. army. So <laughs> when you look at something like this, where it's like, you know, it's expanding its product attorneys. portfolio. Rich, rich people have judges. Rich That's people true. own the government. Well, again, <laughs> you, you don't have an attorney, you have a government. So, yeah, it's a big thing. And as, as people are doing that, we're seeing that that brand, it's in, a, it's in a spot right now where it's really, really trying to find its next 20 years. And Cameron's point is valid that a basic soft tail. Because sportsters kind of are poison. I hate to be that way, but nobody, <sighs> unless you have a vagina, you're probably going to catch a little bit of sna- a slack for riding a sportster. And that comes from a guy who spends a lot of time riding a Vespa. Yeah, I love sportsters right? more than almost anything I in this totally universe. Get it. But yeah. you're absolutely right. It's the whole thing about how marketing. Well, it's not. Well, what Hoffer was saying about uh, dealer networks mm-hmm. supporting. The paradigm shift not only in their new products, but right. in the way customers are now buying their existing products. Mm-hmm. When I go and I, to this day, I'll go into a dealership and they'll try to talk me. Oh, you ride a Sportster now? Yep. Oh, you need a yeah. You know, you need a a, a forty thousand dollar touring bike. Well, no, I don't. Those mm-hmm. bikes don't interest me in the least bit. Right. The but would you I buy? Need. Would you buy a Boltaco? 
a new bull taco? A new bull taco. Well, I'm a freelancer, so I'm perpetually broke. So I would say no me, but I'm really happy it exists, and I'll tell everybody how great there you the go. idea is. There's your new bull taco. Runs on... Electrons. Electrons. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really right? cool. So that's how many new... old motorcycle brands do you think are going to come back? All of them. With All, I think that bikes? I think everybody who owns a factory in China is going, okay, board, we need an electric motorcycle by tomorrow at lunch. Mm. So we'll probably, we're more likely to get the Henderson 4 kilowatt. Absolutely. We we'll get a Henderson That's 4 true. kilowatt. We'll think exactly about it. right. All yeah. the guys that Shouldn't were involved. Should be a Volt taco? We'll, <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll do a Brolt, uh, we'll do a Bruff yeah, Superior sure. Edison edition. There'll be, uh, yeah, I, Hey, guy that's 72, would you like to retire with an extra $1.2 million in your bank account? Sell me the name to your motorcycle company you haven't used in 25 years. That's true. Years. And, that's, and that's a big, big part of it. That's is. probably how uh, Benelli right. came back. It, well, Benelli's... Well, they had shotguns. Remember, I've, I've been able to buy Benelli shotguns nonstop yeah. <laughs> right. the entire time. So that is a thing that the name has been kind of doing what it was doing back then, too. But they, they never sold off their motorcycle division. They just gave up on it, mm. you know. And it's a little different story than the Triumph story. It's a little bit of a different story than the Indian story, where it was a lot of label marketing going on there. So yeah, it is. A, it is a totally different. We got to watch. Do you think Segway. until somebody buys the victory name from Polaris? No, I don't. And honestly, <laughs> again, if you, I don't think for a second Polaris is going to let that go. They'll oh, no. pay for that website forever. The only, I think the isn't. From what I recall reading, the only reason Polaris got rid of Victory is because mm-hmm. they didn't want Victory and Indian competing with yeah, each other. Yeah, and you, they were still. Right. Used, I see people. I think I see more people in like Victory T-shirts and oh, jackets sure. than I do in Indian T-shirts. And yeah, jackets. because when they went out of business, that shit was cheap. I'm all and about Americans are all about a cheap jacket. I'm all yeah. about the Tomos two watt. The Tomos two watt. Two watt. I'm really disappointed that it didn't work out for them when Tomos tried to bring back uh, their moped because I yeah. rode yeah. their their new line of mopeds when yeah. they came out. They had the one that looked like the Grom. Yeah. And yeah. that, except there was nothing happening. Below there was the, nothing underneath yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing. There was just a space where the Grom motor would yeah. be. Right. There was this Wh- little fifty cc. Why are Harley Davidsons so expensive? <laughs> because they can be, but obviously they can't be. No, you're absolutely right. I, I completely agree with you. But that's Why that's the thinking, really the prevailing so thinking is, is that because they can be. <laughs> Not for long. No, ex- yeah. you're exactly right. So I think the idea of a, of a thirteen thousand dollar new soft tail when this when the platform's only what three four model yeah. years old, you know. It's, that's a really good idea. Look, that's when a you really pay your bills, and you got a motor out. Whether it's a eight, you know, the eighty eight got stuff and everything. The 103, 108, and all the way up to the the all the way up to the uh, the Milwaukee Eight. The point is, you paid for everything. You paid for the tooling. You paid for the dies. Right. You paid for the metal. You paid for the fucking motor. It's like a checker. It's all yeah. It's a checker. <laughs> it's all paid for. So what do you do now? Well, what do you do now is you find other things to put it in. Um, Nick, elephant in the room, Chinese carburetor for your van van. Mm-hmm. Right on. So rather than rebuilding iron carburetor, well, I broke it. You so, broke the Chinese. I say no, I broke you, the original. I wouldn't did say I break you it or did, was broke it? it. I thought I broke it. Didn't what? I drop it? Oh, no, no, no. no. This is a different, no, different. Okay. All right. I would say. No, no. That's that's death by ethanol. Yeah, well, I'd say 40 yeah. years broke No, it. I also snapped off a, the one of the one mounts of the for, the, for the float hinge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's done. One float hinge, two yeah, float hinges. Done. Honestly, though, that thing looks pretty <laughs> fucking bad. Yeah. So the new, uh, new carburetor set you back. How many uh, Freedom units? $22. $22. Bucks. Free was that on Amazon, Amazon or was that on Banggood or was that on Amazon? It's a Amazon. load, too. It's heavy. That's a heavy carburetor. Amazon. I mean, 
It's made of heavy. It says Agbwawa on the side. I love that it's... Does it have a, M, a My Kimi logo? No, it does it? not. It does not? It does not. It yeah. does look pretty similar. Oh, it's very similar. In fact, I tell you, I don't know how many billions of those you'd have to make to actually achieve cost um, effectiveness because there's a lot of holes in that carburetor. Yeah. And there's a lot of machining that goes into making that carburetor and casting. You wonder if what internal what, holes. What, what so for twenty-two bucks, that old internal uh, yeah, twenty-two bucks, right? Because it, the, the thing is, though, is that they're promoting these carburetors for so many different bikes. Oh, yeah. well, here's so, the thing: is this one, this one in particular, mm-hmm. says it is specifically made and jetted for. Suzuki RV90 1971 Perfect. to whatever. Right. I'm sure it is. Because you know what? The, the word universal is yeah. never right. your friend. Yep. Yeah. Because the same one I bought that I didn't use for my Grim mm-hmm. was a 24 millimeter carburetor that said mm-hmm. it also fit every motor from 90 to 200 cc's, <laughs> yeah. two stroke to four stroke. Yeah. It didn't matter what it was. It was the universal. And it came solution. with a pack of jets right. that let you jet whatever, whatever it was yeah. to be. Yeah, right. Well, I couldn't buy the jets alone for what you paid for the carburetor. Right. So, I mean, that's the way it, oh, it is heavy. Boy, it's got a lot of fucking gravity, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. Jesus Christ. I think this might not be cast. I think this might be lead. <laughs> <laughs> I think this might actually be a lead carburetor. Wow, that's heavy. Yeah, I don't heavy. like it. That is remarkably fucking heavy. I I honestly think that. It's not like uh, pot metal. No, it's I mean, not it's, like pot metal. It's like not unless it's iron with, skillet yeah. metal. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is actually it's as heavy as iron, iron skillet. So I, I did take it apart, and yeah. the the slide in that does fit in the old carburetor. I, yeah. I looked at some other stuff. The yeah. this one had brass floats. Obviously, mm-hmm. that one has plastic. Um, the slide's made of mercury. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Damn man. Okay, that is heavier than I that, heavier than it should be for sure. This is also metal that was uh, a mine from Fukushima. It was. So enjoy it was. the it's exactly right. yeah, Everybody turn the lights out. And thanks, Spend I just touched uranium. it. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. we thought the coronavirus was going to be the worst thing right, we got right. tonight at the podcast. I do have a guy in our our fucking mortgage company called us. They said we can lose a point, a percentage point yeah. on our interest rate on our mortgage because the markets took such a shit from coronavirus. Oh, well, oh yeah. True. yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, I bought. So, so the guy heavy, told me that. I said, "I've been buying, <laughs> buying, buying the mm-hmm. market right now." Oh yeah, yeah. Hell yeah! I, I made three percent today. Wow! Holy Help shit! Me. Let's talk tomorrow. Yeah, hey, to talk to you it. tomorrow. So it's too late tomorrow. Anybody else got anything yeah. for this wonderful, rollicking three-hour podcast? Oh man! No, it's only two hours and oh. forty minutes. No, but it was very informative. It was for a minute. All right, it was good. It we was we created the, dude. We created a new race of people. We, we did. did. Sorry, the, Lumpas. The, Lumpas. the Lumpas. The Lumpas. The Lumpas. The Lumpas. The Americans. The Lumpas Americans. Yes. Again. Yes. And their and their official leader, head Lumpa American. Right. Exactly. We need to give. Uh, we need to give them a day. Lumpa Day. I don't think they deserve a month, but I think no, they no, they should a have a day at least. Yeah. There should be yeah. Lumpa Appreciation Day. They've made chocolate enough for that, like February 29th. February 29th. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's every four years. Every four That's years they get it. <laughs> well, they're, you know, they're only this big. So. This You've heard of Elf on a Shelf? Yeah. I want Lupa on a Roomba. Lupa on a Roomba. Oh. And with that, folks, ride fast and take chances. Bum, 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 bum,